Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 62. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, I woke up this morning. It was like Christmas all over again. Why? Well, we got brand new, beautiful looking Avengers poster. Yes. For Endgame, and then we also got the second official trailer. Christian, I are was... you ready? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not ready at all for this film. I was looking at the calendar. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, we, we've been like begging and begging and begging just for a trailer. Now the movie's just going to show up. I life. know. That's what's going to happen. Because in my mind, it's still like coming out in like, I don't know, middle of the summer. But no, mm. it's coming out in fucking April in like a little over than like a month, right? Yes, we're already halfway through March. Oh my God. I'm such a fucking nerd, man. I cannot like, I just like, like part of me is literally just hoping I live that long to get there. <laughs> like I'm, I'm terrified something awful is going to happen to me before this and the Star Wars movie. What was it? It was 2012 and everyone thought like, oh, the world's going to end in 2012. It's like, not before Avengers. 2012, they, everyone thought the world was going Yeah, out. that was one of the, like, Zodiac, like, or whatever. Oh, like, fuck those guys. Mayan calendar. <laughs> the fucking Mayans, what do they know? <laughs> They're all I dead. went to Popeye's that day as my final meal. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're a loser, sir. <laughs> First of all, the fact that your final meal was Popeye's. Jesus Christ. I love the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I have my mashed potatoes. Exactly. Oh my I'm trying God. to learn the recipe so I can make it at home. The gravy is amazing. I'm sure you could find better mashed potatoes out there. I'm sure I could. Okay, we're not a cooking show. <laughs> Just my whole nerd year revolves around basically Star Wars and the MCU yes. at this point. So, yes, I was I was almost terrified almost six the fact months apart. that Yes, right? And the fact that it's right around the corner we just got captain marvel which we'll talk about in a little bit and now we've got the avengers it's a beautiful thing it's yes. a beautiful world we live in God well with that said how'd you feel about this trailer i'm frothing at the mouth <laughs> you know i'm glad that once again they didn't show us too much mm. um i like that we're not getting much action at all we're just getting the avengers in the aftermath of everything that's happened um you know, we saw some a few new like pieces on the board, if you will. We saw you know Carol finally interacting with the Avengers. Spoilers, um, if you haven't seen Captain Marvel and you stayed away from the trailer because of that, you know, um, she's not dead. Yeah, she didn't die at the end of Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> what a well, sad. That a really big downer, right? <laughs> I know. Uh, Nick Fury just sent his message to no one. Yes. <laughs> Or it's a scroll that came back into place. Uh-huh. That was something, a, a theory going around on the <laughs> internet. I was like, you people are so stupid. That'd be <laughs> so dumb. 
Uh, but anyway, so, um, but yeah, no, I thought it was a great trailer. I really did enjoy it. Um, you know, they, the MCU have mastered these trailers at this point. Um, with, you know, I, I did feel with Captain Marvel, they showed us a little too much and I stopped watching, you know, I don't know if they felt like they had to sell that movie more for some reason. Mm. Um, but you know, with Black Panther, with, you know, Infinity War, you know, with this trailer, um, and even what we've seen with, you know, I guess technically it's not necessarily MCU. It's more Sony with, you know, Spider-Man, you know. Oh, okay. Um, they've done a really good job about, yeah, they show us, you know, some shit, but it's like maybe a good, like, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes of the movie that it seems like they're allowing the trailer people to play with. And they just have to, like, recut it or add a little more to one scene or extent. But it's enough to keep us wanting more. Mm. So, because, I mean trailers man can make and break a fucking movie you know um for me at least so and usually when i'm not doing a podcast i try to stay away from a lot of trailers but now that's yep. what we do we watch trailers it's our job and react that no one's paying us shit for so they should <laughs> they should so <laughs> we'll talk about that at the end of the show uh, <laughs> but anyway yes um i love everything with clint that we're seeing you know, I, I could live without his haircut. Really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe if I was like on my on the edge after my family was murdered, maybe I'd just shave it all off. Not just give myself a mohawk that's obviously styled. I'm sure they probably tested <laughs> shit and like yes. maybe his head just didn't work as bald. He probably know? looks crazy. A lot yeah. of people look crazy when they're just you know, completely bald yeah. and everything. I mean, if they're kind and they're kind of going the ultimate route, the ultimate's route with uh, Clint when he goes kind of like crazy. Um, he starts wearing a mask and has a target in the middle of the mask. Um, and I think he goes full Mohawk, um, with the ultimate team. But then it's, it's a weird hybrid between the ultimates and like, you know, what they did with him Mm. as Ronan after he comes back to life, um, and Captain America's dead. So, um, yeah. But anyway, let's not go down that route. (laughs) We've got a lot to talk about. I'll keep my mouth shut. Uh, but yeah, it. I dug this trailer. I really did. Mm. Um, I like that, you know, they let us off the hook and they showed us Tony, you know, walking with the team. We finally got to see the suits that were leaked months ago. Um, they didn't look as bad as I was. I you still know, don't like the suits. I don't hate them because it feels like they're just a point in the movie. Mm. I don't feel like they're wearing it throughout the entire movie. It doesn't look like they're wearing the old Fantastic Four movie suits. No. At least. <laughs> no, no. And they got to sell toys, man. So mm. you can only have so many action figures of Captain America in the same uniform. So um, they haven't shown us Captain America with the shield yet. You know, because oh, he's going to be, mm. you know, getting his shield back after, you know, Civil War and everything. Mm. Um, they didn't really give us that moment with you know tony and cap together so i'm glad they're saving that hopefully for the film yes um because that's a huge i feel like that's a huge moment um you know and we'll talk about carol more you know but i thought it was a really awesome moment between carol and thor um that we saw where thor's kind of trying to intimidate her and everything and you know she just stands there Mm. as he like summons milnor he's like i like her um you know i thought that was pretty badass so um, what, I mean, was there anything that you got from the trailer that, you, I mean, did you enjoy the trailer? Yes. I mean, overall, I got pretty hyped afterwards. Yes. So. <laughs> um, but beyond my two little gripes, no, I, I really enjoyed what they showed us. Um, I'm very curious what's going on, like, or where that battle is taking place. 
that we see with Gamora and Ant-Man and um, Nebula. Steve. Not Gamora. Sorry. Nebula. Not That'd be Gamora. a big spoiler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's alive. Especially since most of the rumors that have come out is that it's only the first like 15 minutes or so of the film. So I'm wondering. Oh, like, really? They're saying that's only supposed to be fifth, at least fifth? the first third. Okay. Yeah, I can see. Well, it's three hours long. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that battle was interesting because it was kind of like the most action we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, out of any out of any of the trailers, out of any of the you know anything that we've seen so far. So, um, you know, it looked pretty badass though. Um, I'm wondering if that's going to be like. You know, basically at Thanos's like sanctuary, like at his planet and everything like that. Um, also, Black Widow's hair, you know, fluctuating mm-hmm. all over the place throughout the entire trailer. So, you know, there's definitely some time jumping going on here. You know, um, we know that you know she starts off a blonde. Um, you know, from the I think it's in the trailer itself, mm-hmm. right? She's it's not just from the Captain Marvel's closing scenes. Um, spoilers. Um, but she starts off a blonde and then she goes, you can basically see her hair, you know, basically growing out her roots throughout the entire trailer. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm stoked, man. I, we didn't get to see Okoye, right? Uh, no. And another sad thing that came out was that they didn't put her name in the, uh, poster. It's yes, up top, yeah. right? Because people are saying that she's got a major role in the movie. Because she is in the poster, mm. right? She's pretty, like, she's featured pretty predominantly in the poster. So unless they felt like they just needed to throw Black Panther, something Black Panther out there, you know, I, I would hope that if she has a major role in the movie, that she would be featured yeah. up on top. That's only rightfully so. So, um, but, you know, that's unfortunate. I'm sure they'll rectify that, mm. you know, like, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Badass poster, though. Mm. Um you know, um, I definitely want it. You know, I still never got my hands on the Infinity War poster. Oh, the, you know, original. the one, the original one. I, they don't seem to be selling it for some weird reason. You know, mm. um, I don't know why. There's lots of like, you know, ripoffs of it and bootlegs of it. So I'm going to have to really go through eBay and hunt it down because <laughs> it needs to be on my goddamn mm. wall at this point so unless this movie completely shits the bed and then i won't want to look at it ever again so <laughs> you know there's a lot writing on it there do is you, do you think that they keep showing us elements of the past as a way to like they're like trying to tease you that it's time travel but there's a big chance that there's no time travel i just everything that we've heard with the quantum realm mm. and it just would make you know, and all the set photos we're seeing, the early set photos, just really points to there being some kind of time travel. It's, it's enticing mm-hmm. as no time travel sounds to me, because God, I hate time travel. Mm-hmm. It just makes my head hurt. Um, I feel like there's going to be time travel in this movie. Um, someone pointed out that the video of Scott Lang that we see, you know, arriving at Avengers headquarters, if you look in the corner, it's time stamped like 1983 or something like that. So they might actually be looking at something from the past and that might give them the clue that, you know, Scott is like out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ha- I find it very hard to believe that there's no time travel. I think it's more trying to get you to reminisce about these characters, you know, where they've started and everything, um, you know, 
and I feel like maybe some of them aren't going to be making it out of this movie alive. So that's part of that, like kind of playing with those emotions. Because mm. um, what we saw, Captain America's, right? We saw, like, they showed us footage from the first Avenger. Yes. We saw footage from the first Iron Man movie. And then we saw stuff from the Thor movie? Was it the first Thor movie? Yeah, it's when he had his blonde eyebrows. Yes. His blonde eyebrows. Um, yeah. So I definitely feel like they're kind of playing with those emotions there. Um, you know, I don't foresee Thor going anywhere. Um, you know, unless we're going to get that Jane Foster storyline, which would be pretty sweet, I think, you know, it could just be a Thor, a Thor who's not worthy anymore, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's well done because it's worked on me, you know, oh, yes. we could, we know why it's there, but it's still working. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's not Kate Bishop. By the way. Yes. I was just about I to mention to that. that out. which I was surprised how many like sites we're like speculating about mm. that. Like it's obviously Hawkeye's daughter. Like I don't know why, and I feel like that's going to be the opening scene in the movie. I feel like that's going to be like you know Clint like on a picnic with his family, and they all just get dusted. I feel like that's how we're opening the <laughs> fucking movie. Um, I have another potential, which I'm gonna opening, love, but I'm gonna save it till after. What was talk. that? I have another potential opening, but I'm gonna save it till after we talk. Captain Marvel. Okay, okay. I can't wait to hear. Um, <laughs> but yes, overall, great trailer. You know, like I said, I'm rabid waiting for this movie at this point, so um, I I can't wait. Um, but we've got lots of MCU news. Yeah, that's not it, Damon. So, that's not it. Uh, Shang-Chi has found its director. Um, Destin Daniel Creighton? Is that how you say that? Not a hundred percent sure. Okay, we are not the best with names. Yes, no, we're not. We're not. <laughs> um, so he has been uh, knighted to helm this film. So um, that's good news. They're full steam ahead. Um, he w- did a movie called Short Term Twelve. Um, he has worked with. Um, he did I think a couple movies with Brie Larson actually recently. So um, to some acclaim. So um, it feels like it's in good hands. It This really goes with Marvel's M.O. right now of like reaching out to younger, talented directors, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing them into the fold early on. I mean, God, I mean, look at the Russos. So, um, you know, uh, you know, so that's good news because um, I haven't heard anything on the Shang-Chi front for a while now. Yeah, I know yeah. they announced it, but. That was pretty much it. We know that we've got um, Chinese-American writer uh, David Callahan um, penning the script. Um, he's trying to modernize, you know, Shang-Chi because it can be kind of problematic. It's very much, you know, written in the 70s. So there's lots of bad stereotypes in there that he needs to kind of fish out. Um, you know, Shang-Chi is, it's a great concept. I'd love to see it on film and see what they're going to do with it. Um, I'm wondering if they even bother trying to tie it into the rest of the Marvel Universe. I feel like they're going to just because that's what they do. But at the same time, I feel like it just could be a really fun like mm-hmm. martial art movie, too. Um, I mean, yeah. I know they're not connected, but what they've done with you know show, showcasing martial arts through um, Iron Fist and Luke Cage and everything... I thought it has been fun and has been respectful. And Did you about season right two of Iron Fist? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was like season one of Iron Fist. I think they've of... taken a very modern take where it's, you know, it's 
hip hoppy. It's definitely it's up there. It's upbeat. <laughs> hip hoppy, huh? Okay. <laughs> I like to connect hip hop with kung fu nowadays okay. in general. For me, just because of Wu Tang Clan. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> I'm sure you'll put some sound in there. Um, but yeah, there'll be a little cue right there, right there. Sure. Yes. Am I, am I talking after the cue right now? You're, yes. Okay, okay. It's already totally, in place. Totally killing it. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, Shang-Chi is a fun character, though. I mean, he's got great mythos and everything with his father. I think his father's Fu Manchu, basically. He's, like, you know, basically been raised to be this, like, the world's greatest assassin. And then he realizes that his father's a big mm. jerk and he rebels against him. So his, like, mortal enemy is his dad. So, um, you know. And, and that's just a really easy story to modernize. Yes. I feel like that's not too Very hard. much. Very much so. So, um, but yeah, Shang-Chi did join the Avengers, though, in uh, Hickman's run. So, I mean, he could definitely cross over. So it could work. There's a way to make it work. And I'm sure Faki's already thought of it. So, <laughs> um, But anyway, so moving on, we've got more Marvel news. And this is probably actually the story I'm most excited about. Um, we are going to be getting a What If series um, on Disney+. Plus, A Marvel MCU What If series. I love this idea. I really do. Um, are you familiar with the What If series? You know, I haven't read too many of them, but they're just fun books. I mean, they're they're their title. What if? Mm. Like, they, so they take like a big event and they say, "Well, what if this happened?" And you know, it just lets writers have fun with it. Um, they could really like have this be like you know, like the MCU's like Black Mirrors if they wanted to, and tell some like really like you know, dark stories, mm. you know, um, cause what if stories end up tending to go that way? A lot of times, um, there's like, you know, what if, um, Frank Castle, you know, became Venom, you know, things like that. Um, you know, what if Spider-Man became the Punisher? Um, you know, what if Phoenix force didn't die? Like there's a lot of cool storylines like that. I just hope it's not like the newer ones that they put out recently where it was like, um, what if ghost Rider was heavy metal? Where they're really cheesy yeah, and lame. Like, really, yeah, yeah, I hope they don't go that route. Because that more sounds like uh, the bad parody version of what the from <laughs> from the 80s was horrible. So I think that's where we got Spider-Ham from, actually. Ah. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I really like this idea. Um, especially because you could really play around with it if you wanted to. You could have like some of the actors from the cinematic universe you mm. know, star in these things. Because it's an anthology series, so they can do one-off episodes if they wanted to. Um, but then you could also mix it up and you could have other people playing those roles. You know, Because these are alternate realities, too. So, I mean, you could tell like bigger stories in this kind of format. Um, and just almost like a Twilight Zone version of the you know MCU because there a lot of them are these like morality tales too that really dissect the original storylines and what makes a lot of those characters tick and really just you know turns it around on its head. So you know I I think it's just rumored right now. I don't know if it was officially announced, but usually it's you know heavily rumored because it was reported by a bunch of different like you know sites. So there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, but, and they're full steam ahead with all these different series. It looks like on that Disney plus thing. I like, I'm just waiting for them to like, say you can sign up now. Cause I will <laughs> now I'm done. I'm sold. They've right. got my money. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, speaking of TV, we're hearing that Sony is going to be milking the cow. Yes, the cash cow (laughs) known as Spider-Man. Yeah, they're going to be basically um, using Spider-Man for a bunch of different properties. Um, They want to do a TV show version of the character, basically. I heard people like liking it kind of akin to like the Arrowverse um, with Spider-Man. You know, so it wouldn't really have anything to do with, like, the MCU version of Spider-Man. Um, but they're also talking about there's supposed to be a bunch of different, you know, ventures that they're going to be doing the next. They have basically the next, like, eight years mapped out for Spider-Man, what they're doing. So I'm sure that's, like, animated projects and everything. I mean, there's no way that they don't, you know, play around with Miles at this point after, mm. you know, the huge success of Into the Spider-Verse. Um, we know that there's a sequel on the way for that also, but I'm sure that they're going to want to use that character, you know, in other, you know, entities, you know, other shows. I was playing through the uh, Spider-Man DLC recently, and Miles just keeps calling you and calling you and asking, hey, what can we train so I can get out there? I want to really? be on your side. He's like injuring himself, trying to practice. So it's definitely, they're they're having a heavy focus on Miles right now. Yeah. No, and it makes sense. It's a great character, mm-hmm. you know. Um would you, how would you feel if they actually brought like a live action Miles to a series instead of a movie? Like, would, I mean, would that concern you? Because I'm assuming that these, you know. If done right, I'm not going to complain. Yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like with these different ventures, they're definitely going to not have Faki involved you know this is gonna be sony you know hence venom mm-hmm. um you know we that's kind of what we've gotten so far without you know marvel studios oversight so i mean that does concern me um you know i mean but then at the same token we did get you know into the spider-verse so um i just don't know spider-man is i feel like just story-wise and everything like that makes so much sense as a series. And I could definitely, like, see it as, like, you know, an Arrowverse kind of, you know, world and everything where you could have all these different, like, offshoot shows, spinoffs and everything. But at the same time, I don't want them to oversaturate the market because I don't want it to affect, you know, the MCU's, you know, Peter Parker. You know, and Miles at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like it's still, I'm still holding out for Miles to join the MCU. You know, sooner than later. You know, so I don't know. You I know, still I, feel like we have a lot of time before Miles shows up. I don't know, man. I feel like after everything that just happened with Into the Spider Verse, I feel like that's going to end up getting fast paced. You know, they're going to go ahead and like, okay, we got to get him out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least some version. I don't know how they do it. You know, they're not. I don't feel like they're going to give him his ultimate universe origin. They're not going to kill Peter, you know, anytime. Can they do like a Spider Verse type story for the uh, like big screen? I don't know. I I think that'd be too much, you know. And then why even try to rehash? I mean, they did it so perfectly with you know the animated movies. So why even try? Everyone's just going to compare it to that right off the bat. So, I mean, you could just have B. Miles, another kid who gets, you know, bitten by a radioactive spider. And then you could kind of also, at the same time, go back to the roots of Spider-Man. Because we never got his Mm. full origin. So you could see little flashbacks of actually what happened and everything. I don't need too much of that. Because God knows we've seen that, you know, 
twice already on film. So, but I don't know. I don't know. So I'm two minds with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't trust Sony. No. You know, if this was Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I'd be all on board. I'd love every second. I'd be so fucking stoked for this. Um, but with Sony, I just, I don't trust them. I feel like I'd be a little less worried if Venom hadn't been successful, you know? Because then they would have, okay, this is what we don't do, this is what we do do, you know? Mm-hmm. And now they're telling everyone, like everyone's telling them, well, the money's telling them yes. that everyone loved Venom, so hey... You know, now they've got a big set of balls on them. They feel like they can do whatever they want. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So, and we'll see Morbius is around the corner. They start production on that. You know. I, just, I can't, I can't picture Morbius being a successful film. I feel like there's not enough, like, casual Marvel fans out there to, like... They don't even have to really focus on Marvel. I mean, they will in the advertising, but they don't have to focus on the Marvel aspect because it could just be a cool, like, you know, horror property for them if they wanted to go that route. So, I mean, Morbius kind of just dabbles in, you know, the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. So he can exist outside of it. You know, so, I mean, they're not that smart, though. You know, they're going to go guns blazing, you know, showing that Marvel logo up front and center, you know, in the, the first trailer, but... They don't need that. It doesn't really need to tie directly in it. And if you look at Venom, Venom did really tie into shit. So no, but I think there's a, a way heavier connection. Like, what are you fans know? Yes, fans know. Fans Venom. know. I think casual casual fans know Venom. Where with Morbius, they could kind of just you know say, "Hey, here's a cool vampire story," you know, with Jared Leto. So they'll get the fangirls excited, right? I guess. You know, I guess the hot topic <laughs> the crowd will love it. <laughs> so, well, Dan, was there any other MCU news? We got a little teaser from uh, Scott Derrickson, uh, the director from Doctor Strange. Uh, he posted an image of Namor, um, uh, basically in the ocean trying to save Doctor Strange. I forget what issue it's from, but. Um, so, and then he took it down really quickly, you know, um, which was obviously, you know, supposed to be his way of leaking, you know, something, getting a rumor out there, getting buzz going. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I want to see this, you know, Namor and Dr. Strange do have a connection, even though it feels odd because they are both defender teammates for mm. a very long time. It's just hard for me to picture those two words, worlds colliding in this, you know, in the MCU. It's just a weird way to introduce Namor. Is and I it, hope so, it's not because like Aquaman was successful, so now they feel like they need to like double down on oh, Namor. No. <laughs> you don't think so? Do you think that would be the reason? I don't know. The ocean sells, damn it. It doesn't. I would hope that Faki It did, Christian. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, people liked Aquaman. Um, <laughs> it was better than Venom. I would hope maybe. Hold on. Hold on. On the mic, I want you to say Aquaman. Aquaman was better than Venom. Okay, thank you. It was more enjoyable <laughs> than Venom. It is a guilty pleasure. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Um, I could see a way to introduce Namor would be almost almost like how you did Killmonger. Where you have him as this villain that has a redemption near the end. And while Killmonger died, we'll have Namor live on and we'll have him do other... We'll actually have him live. Yes. 
so he's kind of the villain, but then, you know, you have a redemption arc mm. Um, I could see that. That works for me. And and that's totally Namor. So exactly. I mean, he's always, you know, kind of towing the line between good and evil. So, I mean, right now he's evil. But I really don't need Atlantis. What the hell's or... the name of his team right now? The... Not the Revengers. What the hell are no, they? No, they're like some like deep, I don't know. Offenders? Not the Offenders. No, no that's the Howard Duck uh, team. Um, it doesn't. It's not like Avengers in the name, is it? I think it's something a playoff of the Defenders, though, with the ocean. Defenders We're gonna have of the deep. I'm gonna have know. to Google it now. So, but anyway, anyway, regardless, <sighs> yeah, no, he right now he is he's had a heel turn, if you will. So, but it only lasts so long Shocking. with Namor. So, but yeah, I don't really. I'm not a huge Namor guy. You know, obviously so, I'm not either. Yes. <laughs> so this didn't really excite me. And I just have a hard time putting my head around Namor in a Doctor Strange movie, especially like the sequel. You know, maybe in like, I don't know, like well, the third one. Or who the would you one. prefer in a sequel with Doctor Strange? I'm not sure. I don't know if I need anyone like, I, I mean, villain wise or I don't need another MCU character. You know, I, I want to explore more of that universe, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so if I was going to do, a ma- like, a magic-based character, I would I would go, like, Ghost Rider or something like that. That'd be fun. You know, I, I'm, I have a feeling they're staying away from Ghost Rider just because of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but if you want to introduce, like, Johnny Blaze, you know, to, to canon. I think it'd be a great way to introduce Mephesto, because, you know, he is a gambling man. Um, Dr. Strange, he likes to gamble with his magic and lives and everything. I think it'd be interesting to introduce that character. And I, it's another way to get Ghost Rider on screen. So it's a good little So you have Ghost Rider and Mephesto? That'd be a good story to me. You know who else would work well, too? It's a character that we've been actually, uh, he's been in a couple books that we've been reading recently, is Nightmare. So the whole Nightmare realm and everything like that, I mm. think he would be an interesting character to have up there on screen, just visually. You know, he could be fun. I mean, the Avengers book right now is not really doing him any justice. <laughs> he's kind of the sniveling coward at this point. But no, he he's a fun character and everything like that. And just like I said, I think cinematically, he'd be fantastic to see. You know, because I mean, that's something, just the visual effects on Doctor Strange were great. So. And we'll get, we'll get into it when we talk about the book. I wouldn't just say he's a sniveling yeah, he's, he's running from bitch. someone yes, who's pretty damn scary. He's <laughs> he's depowered at right now, so I think that's kind of, you know, I don't know. We'll talk about it later. But anyway, uh you were correct, Defenders of the Deep, Christian. So yes. it was it was Defenders of the Deep. <laughs> Horrible name. <laughs> so that's what you get with sea characters. Yes, yes, yes. It was uh, like cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good movie. Um, but uh, what else do we have here news-wise? Oh, let's jump over to DC. James Gunn. So he, we've heard strong rumors right now of his Suicide Squad roster. Um, we know that we got Idris Elba uh, taking over for Will Smith um, as Deadshot. But now we're getting reports of the full squad. Are you excited for any of these names? Because I'm going to go through them right now, Christian. Go right through them. All right. So we have, drum roll please, Ratcatcher, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, and Peacemaker. And that's as well as Deadshot and Harley, right? Yes. I Yes. 
God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that what that team tells me is that James Gunn is going to go full Suicide Squad and have a team member die maybe every big moment of the film. Oh, yeah, no one's making it out alive, you think? I mean, I think even the animated film they did, they had King Shark die. Get blown I mean, up immediately. So, I mean, Guardians, you know, before, you know, the film were pretty much like C-grade, C-list mm. characters in the Marvel Universe. So, I mean, maybe, you know, Polka Dot Man is the next Star-Lord. Who knows? You don't know, man. You know, James Gunn, I mean, look what he did for those characters. Audience, I, I, I know Polka Dot is not the next <laughs> <laughs> Star-Lord. So, apparently, with Peacemaker, he um is wanting Batista to actually play him. So, um, he's been rumored right now as being interested also. And he's been talking about that through media. That's just because he, left you know, and right. they have a good relationship. Yes. No, obviously. So now do you feel like MCU would like scoff at that? Have we had many like DCEU and, you know, I know it's not DCEU now. DC no, universe, uh, you know, crossovers. There hasn't been too many here. crossovers, but I think. Like minor roles, not anything major. I I just don't feel like. Especially, like, someone like Feige probably doesn't give a shit, you know? With Batista? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm i hoping not. If it was, like... Because it shouldn't be a big deal, yeah. right? It shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, but, yeah. King Shark will be fun, though. Mm. You know, talk about visuals and being cinematic. I mean, that is definitely... As long as it's done, right? Yes. Well, yes. Yes. As long as they don't get the guys who worked on Superman's mustache, yes. you know, on this... I think it should be good. I think we should be okay. Uh, I think they've learned from their mistakes at this point. So, I, hope. I mean, Aquaman <laughs> looked fantastic. So if they, I mean, come on. If they get those guys. It was better. Oh, it looked, come on, dude. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> it was light years better than fucking Justice League. Yes. Um, but anyway, so yes. Um, Rat Kate Catcher, I guess, is a character. I, I. I honestly don't know many characters. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely more of a Marvel guy. Yeah, but like, especially when it these, comes to these are like Z-list DC mm. characters. Um, but Ratcatcher is a Batman villain, um, along with Polka Dot Man. Um, but now Ratcatcher originally was a male, but I guess they're talking about like making Ratcatcher a female and having them be like, I guess like a. Um, like Deadshot would be like a surrogate father for Ratcatcher as a character. Okay. So I, well, it's something I don't know. It's interesting. I know. I'm, this is, I just report this shit, man. I just Google this shit, Christian. This is what popped up. Um, Polka Dot Man Still is dead. also. You think so? Yeah. Uh, Polka. Not everyone. You think every? So you think Deadshot and Harley are the only characters walking out of this? I can see it, or at least. Two or three. Um, Polka Dot Man um, is also a Batman character from the 60s, which they totally sound like they're from the 60s. Um, but, you know, it's a really bizarre character that I could definitely see fitting, you know, mm. in this movie, you know. Um, and just like with like James Gunn's like storytelling style and everything, I feel like it makes sense for him. Another character, which I'm actually really excited about, um, is they were rumored to be thinking about putting Killer Frost into the movie. I'm a huge Killer Frost fan. That makes sense. So, because I feel like you need a 
at least a bigger name <laughs> than Pokemon. Be kind of like their boomerang. Yeah, yeah, in a way. It's another Flash villain. So, um, you know, she's a fun character and everything like that. I think she'd be interesting, especially once again, effects wise, she'd be fun mm-hmm. to see on the screen. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for this movie. I really am. You know, I, I when is this supposed to be coming out? Is it twenty twenty one? Yeah, it's definitely it's in there. It's after twenty twenty. I feel I like they faster because sure. we got Birds of Prey coming mm-hmm. out next year. Yes, Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman next next year, and then they have three that's supposed to come out in twenty. Okay, maybe this is one of the the three mm. then that would make sense. So I mean, anything with Harley Quinn attached to it is gold in their eyes. So all right, well to uh. To get away from movies and TV, not too far away from TV, uh, Halo is coming to PC, man. That's when Damon freaks out. He's screaming right now Yay! inside. It's amazing. No, it's a it's a huge deal. Um, so so Matt, Halo was not on PC. The PC not for the last few years. It's been a Xbox exclusive. Okay. Um, it originally came out on PC and Mac, like back in the day when Mac was like first like uh, getting out there and everything. Um, it was a big deal. It's Halo has been a huge deal in the gaming world for a long so time. So are you a big PC gamer? Um, I'm trying to move over more because it's, I don't know, I am a bit of a video file as you hear me bitch and complain about every little thing in movies nowadays mm. um, and audio. And there's a lot I can do more with a PC than I can do with a PlayStation or Xbox. Like those are hard locked to one type of resolution. Whereas I can get more out of a PC. Okay. Still. It's more power. It's more. To so it. I, I'm just surprised that they haven't like the consoles haven't like caught up. It's, I know that was the case like back in the day. I didn't know that that's still, you know, nowadays it's even it's even more. It's like uh, PCs just are constantly coming out with something that's just more powerful than uh-huh. what a console can. Because a console's lifespan is about five years. Well, it makes sense because I mean, God, you buy a laptop and you know it's obsolete mm-hmm. in a couple years. So I'm sure it's the same. The tech technology, you know, and it, with consoles, it's not like they're releasing them every like, no. you know couple years. So well, we see them pushing more towards a um, kind of like a streaming base and a um, you know they're trying to get it so it's like small, simple, it can keep mm. being upgraded more. Okay. Um, nowadays, like. Um, there's a rumor of a new Xbox that will be streaming only. You know, you can't... Well, not streaming only. Um, no discs, no nothing. Only downloads. Okay. Everything like that. Okay. And Which it'll be just sense. like a tiny little thing you put in your home. And it'll be like an entertainment system. Do so, people still... Like, is the majority of games downloaded at this point? Is that where they're getting most of their venue, like <sighs> revenue? Or is it They don't like release the records that much. Like, they still focus um, all their records that they do release to the public will be their hard sales, their disc sales. Okay, rather so hard than their copies. digital. But it has seen, like, over the last five years alone, we have seen so much go... Like, almost every game I get at this point is digital. Really? I don't go out of my way to get a hard, a hard copy anymore. Okay. It's, yeah. it's just something that you see more and more now, especially now it's space. And it's not either, it's like, with the hard copies for, the, like, there's no resale value. Mm. Like, GameStop is on the break of bankruptcy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I heard now GameStop is actually supposed to start carrying uh, comic books. 
Yeah, they're trying everything. They're, yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> well, and GameStop has been toy-wise as a collector. I mean, they've been getting tons of, like, exclusives. They've been brokering a bunch of deals with, like, NECA and, you know, Funko mm-hmm. and everything like that. So they are trying everything to get, like, people like me into their stores. Because, you know, otherwise, you know, like, nerds like me aren't necessarily going to GameStop. So it makes sense. Yes. Um, but that's unfortunate, you know. I'm, I, I hate losing more brick-and-mortar stores. <laughs> I really do. I like shopping. What it's, can I say? I'm a big Harry. It's girl. the way of the world. <laughs> but back to Halo. Um, Halo had uh, came out with this thing called the Master Chief Collection, which he's the main character of the game, if you're unaware. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like it's pretty much all the games in just one big package for you. And when that first came out, it was it was a huge fucking mess because they just kind of let it out unfinished and everything. But over the last four years, they've really you know they put it all together. Um, it looks beautiful. You can finally play with all your friends and everything. But it was only on Xbox. So the big deal was everyone, you know, the big majority of gamers have switched over to either PC or Sony at this point with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a it's a huge deal to have um, Halo come over onto PC, not only just through Microsoft's store, but on actual retailers on PC. Um, the retailer being Steam. I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's a it's a massive deal. I, I am excited to actually get to play fucking Halo again because that was one of the games that I absolutely put the most time in with any of my friends in throughout middle school and high school and everything. Okay. So it was like the game. Um, the way that they're rolling it out though is it's going to be one game at a time in um, technically in chronological order. They're not. They'll be uh, they're releasing Halo Reach was. A game that wasn't part of the original package, so that's it's exciting. But at the same time, I kind of wish it was all coming out at once. Um, I get, I get it. They want each PC gamers are the most fickle and annoying of all <laughs> gamers. Uh, uh, so if you release a game that doesn't look good and is not running properly, you're going to get massive backlash. Do you get like as much like? Because I know a lot of times when they like rush these games out, you get a lot of glitches and stuff like that. Is mm. that the case with the PC games? Um, it still happens, but if that happens, you the game becomes almost unsellable okay. because ratings and reviews. Like, I mean, just think about uh, to compare this to Captain Marvel. You know, people upset with or with whatever they're or just trying to troll. Mm-hmm. on Captain Marvel which was they ridiculous crash the sites and they do everything that possible it's so insane. if they're pissed off at a game it's gonna Forget be the same it. yeah okay okay well we obviously the MCU trolls you know aren't as effective as the PC no. trolls <laughs> so uh, but yeah so yeah, but, so then are the companies more cautious than with the PC games you know releasing because of that yes it is easier to put it on a console, you know, because the system is hard locked, so you don't have to worry about, you know, one player has, on a PC, has an extremely, you know, well-built PC that can run anything, and then another player has a PC that, you know, struggles to play your game. You know, you don't have to worry about that as mm-hmm. much, where it's just, it's hard locked, it will play, it will do everything. So if they're going to put it on a PC, they're going to make sure that... It's perfect. It, yes. Okay. Mm. Gotcha. So, well, that's good news for you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> There are plenty of people excited. Know, the internet has been ablaze the last few days. Ablaze. Yes. <laughs> it was a massive deal. They're not talking about the Avengers Endgame trailer. They're talking about Halo coming to peace. Oh, uh, well, that's it for me, Dan. We can step out of my corner. <laughs> 
Oh, was that official corner talk? Oh, yeah, it's going to be official. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> Let's talk some horror. Okay. Something that matters. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. People love video games. Yeah. Uh, Child's Play Remake. Reportedly, coming out of a screening, I guess, um, they have casted an A-list actor to voice Chucky. So I guess before the screening happened, um, they had, you know, a producer or something like that, you know, basically hype up the crowd, say, listen, this is not the finished voice of Chucky, um, but wait till you hear what A-list actor we got to play, you know, Chucky. Christian, hearing this news, who would you like to see A-list-wise play Chucky? Well, without even looking at a list of A-listers, my first thought was maybe like someone like Joe Pesci would be a fun like it has to be someone with a voice, you know, a voice that's recognizable and everything, uh, not just like an everyday actor. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're going for the voice. Um, I don't know, man. I I still wish it was Brad Dwarf, you know. Um, but if I had to go with someone, I feel like Brad Dwarf is kind of just doing Jack Nicholson. So why not just use Jack Nicholson if you're going to talk about A-list actors? Um, I could see someone like Ryan Reynolds doing mm. it. We know he. I could see do... Hugh Jackman doing it. Hugh Jackman's that would be fun. And Hugh Jackman actually, um, one of the inspirations for him getting into acting was he had this dream of playing Jason Voorhees. Hmm. On film, he was a huge Friday the Thirteenth guy. So, um, you know, maybe he's also a Chucky guy. Who knows? That would be fun. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's got someone who has like comedic timing. So I could see a character like you know an actor like Ryan Reynolds, you mm. know, taking on the role. Um, you know, it's got to be someone who can nail those one liners down. Um, but I could also see Jack Nicholson doing it too. Um, I'm trying to think of any, you know, what other, you know actor really I mean, it's big sho- even with an a-list actor mm. this is some big shoes edward play. norton could do it yeah he's, he's got a, a voice he's for kind it. of a smug bastard i feel like it's beneath <laughs> him in his mind though he just did a lead of battle angel it's not beneath him at this point i'm sure he feels like a lead of ba- battle angel is above chucky i guess you know so um i don't know i don't know i i I still wish it was Brad Dwarf, though. I really do. It's Like I said, there's some big shoes to fill, mm. you know? I mean, that voice is iconic, you know? And so much of that character is that voice. So it's going to be really hard, you know, to see Chucky up there on the screen, the big screen, and, like, someone else's voice is coming out of him. So um, that's really it. Horror-wise, we got... Um, it's been kind of a slow week, but uh, Us has been getting rave reviews... I mean, crazy reviews. I mean, I, we had a feeling it was going to be critically acclaimed, mm. just just how awesome the trailer looks and everything like that, and the buzz surrounding the movie. But it is a hundred percent fresh on Rotten uh, Tomatoes right now. That's, and what a lot of the reviews are saying, you know, it's like dealing with not even just the horror aspects, but you know, dealing with issues in um, regular day life. Mm-hmm. It makes me even more excited for what he could possibly do with Candyman. Mm-hmm. Just yes. hearing what that. Absolutely, that. absolutely, um, and we know of like the social commentary and everything mm. like that went into like Get Out and everything like that. And Jordan Peele's kind of been like I don't know he's been selling this, trying to sell this as more like listen, no, 
there's nothing wrong with this just being a straight horror movie yes. people, like you know in interviews and everything um, I still personally hope there's some social commentary <laughs> going because I feel like that's when horror's done right I mean I, yeah. I'm a Romero fan I you know so I I don't know I don't know I am so excited for this movie at this point you know and this was definitely on my like top five list you know of most anticipated movies of the year um, which is crazy because I didn't even know about this movie till like November I want to <laughs> say um but yeah, no, and it's it's a week away. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple big months coming up, you know. So, um, but yeah, that means stay fucking tuned. That's right, people. And speaking of which, it's time for a movie review. Yes. And now our feature presentation. Captain Marvel has arrived. We saw the film over the weekend. Christian, do the honors. All right. Captain Marvel is an extraterrestrial Kree warrior who finds herself caught in the middle of an intergalactic battle between her people and the Skrulls. Living on Earth in 1995, she keeps having recurring memories of another life as U.S. Air Force pilot Carol Danvers. With help from Nick Fury, Captain Marvel tries to uncover the secrets of her past while harnessing her special superpowers to end the war with the evil scrolls. <laughs> All right, so spoilers. You know, if yes. you have not seen the movie, which uh, not many people have not seen the movie at this point. <laughs> it did very well in the box office. Um, you know, despite all the trolling and just, you know, I don't know legions of jerks out there trying to destroy the movie before it even comes out without even seeing it mind you um it made 152 million u.s and it was a close to 500 million yeah worldwide um so it outperformed in every market basically um christian how did you feel about the I think it was enjoyable and fun, and it had really a lot of great elements, but at the same time, I it felt like, I don't know, anything that I would have experienced before 2012. You're talking about MCU Yes. Okay. I, you know, it's, it's not a bad movie, it's just it didn't do anything to, you know, knock it out of the park to really make me, like, leave the theater going, oh man, Captain Marvel, yeah! Nah. You know, like... Like, I left Alita Battle Angel, like, feeling like, oh, man, that was badass. But for a character that I know, in the comics at least, is is a badass, I didn't feel like that leaving the film. You know, for me, it's very similar. I thought the movie was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think the movie was great, though, um, which is unfortunate because I felt like it had lots of potential to be great. Um, you know, it wasn't because of the performance of any of the actors. I mm-hmm. thought the the performances were great. Uh, Brie Larson, I felt, you know, nailed it. Um, I actually really enjoyed her performance because I liked how almost understated it was, um, which I felt made her feel more real, um, especially with where she is at as a character. Um, I felt like it almost made sense. Um, you know, because I was actually concerned just coming from the trailers and everything like that, you know, from some of the dialogue and everything like that we're hearing, you know, from her. She just wasn't feeling like Carol to me. Um, but, you know, seeing the movie, she definitely feels like Carol to me. Um, and I did leave the movie feeling I was excited to see the next chapter, at least. Um, but that's also because this movie left me wanting more. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I felt like this movie had some pacing issues. 
Um, I felt the second, you know, chapter of the movie, um, the second act of the movie was long. Um, you know, I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoyed a lot of the kind of like buddy cop aspect that you have going on between Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson. Um, you know, and I, I loved the relationship between, uh, Carol and Maria. So I thought that's when I really started to get to know Carol as a character. Um, you know, I think one of the issues the movie has is the fact that it's really throughout the entire movie, it's really Carol trying to find herself. Mm -hmm. Um, so we never get like a fully like realized version of Carol, like at her full potential, um, because she doesn't even know who she is. Um, so, and when she does finally, you know, find herself and, you know, we get to that third act, the movie's over. So, um, it did leave me excited to see what was coming down the road, especially once like the Russos mm. get their hands on, you know, the character and, you know, for even future sequels and everything. Um, but it falls into kind of some of the issues that the MCU's had with like origin stories. Um, it, I left the theater feeling very similar to the way I felt like after the first Avenger, where I was like, it was good, but I'm glad that we kind of got this story yes. over with. We're, we're moving on now. I left Captain America's first Avenger, like saying, I don't need to see another Captain America movie ever again. Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is eh. Yeah, you know, but then the Russos got their hands on the character, exactly. and they worked magic after Winter Soldier. That's all I wanted to see. Um, I just think I'm at a point with Marvel where I want them to do something different with their first films, like what they did with Spider Man. Well, I guess Sony kind of did that, but what they did with Spider Man Homecoming, which it wasn't like just this direct origin story, you know, him trying to find himself or anything like that. It's just him as the character. You know, becoming Spider-Man in a way, but not like... So I read somewhere that Kevin Faki, um, I guess Joss Whedon wants to originally introduce um, Captain Marvel in Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. And then they would move on to a Captain Marvel movie. Faki kind of put the brakes on that because he felt like she, rightfully so, deserved to be introduced in her own movie. I am most now after Black Panther... You know, and Spider-Man, because I feel like it was the same thing mm -hmm. with Black Panther. They were both characters that were introduced in Civil War, where we kind of got all that, like, heavy lifting out of the way. Um, and then we were able to just really focus on the characters in their own movies. I almost wish we got that with Captain Marvel, where we kind of just got, like, you know, a little bit of origin story out of the way, introduced the character. You know, she's a fully realized character, and then we could move on with her own story. Um, I feel like it would have, you know, a, I don't know, it would have been a bigger service to the character if they would have introduced her early in the MCU. Um, you know, because I, I, that final battle, I mean, I, I did get chills for th throughout the entire thing, you know, um, when she finally, you know, goes full power, basically. Um, I, I thought that was fantastic. And she's, you know, battling, you know, spoilers. <laughs> She's battling the Kree, you know, and, you know, basically, you know, uh, siding with the Skrulls, you know, um, who we find out are actually refugees, um, which I thought was an interesting choice on their part. Mm. Um, you know, 
I, I, I thought that was awesome. I thought that was magic. And I, I really did love that whole act, you know. Um, it's just that second act that I felt kind of dragged the story down. Um, I, I wish there was almost, you know, when she's on Earth, you, she's so stoic and, you know, it's not until she really meets up, um, you know, with a friend that we get her kind of, you know, becoming that fully formed character. I wish she was getting her memory kind of jogged, you know, like just interacting mm-hmm. on Earth and, you know, just like through like, I don't know, sense memory, like just kind of like, you know, you know, like landing a blockbuster, like, you know, cause it's not, she's not that many years like removed where the, uh, this would just be foreign to her, but like kind of having all of these memories kind yeah. of flood back. I to think her. she was gone for what, five years, five, six years. Yeah. But I think that would have been a better way to like really, you know, start just seeing different elements of the character. I mean, I feel like the core of the character was there throughout the mm-hmm. film, but I don't feel like she was truly herself until that third act. You know, um, you know, and that was kind of my major issue with it. I also like some of the action sequences, like some of the fight sequences um, were kind of shaky, too, um, especially, you know, during that third act when she's fighting the Kree, you know, Star Force on, you know, the ship, mm-hmm. like things like, it was hard to tell what was going on at certain points. Not only that, me. but it was too fast. Yes. Like, she, I mean, I get it. She's she's super powerful. She should be able to get ripped through them. Mm-hmm. But I think I wanted to see her more coming into her own with her powers and dealing with them a little bit more. Or In like, open space, too. That, too. Yeah. Um, and what they do with the main villain in the end, it's just one blast and... He's done. Yeah, but that's... Indiana I mean, jones him. But Yeah. <laughs> I was fine with that, though. He, it was a fun should've... moment, but I don't know. I, I wanted more, I guess. I think I... Two, um, I really wanted to see her maybe go toe-to-toe with the accusers. I think that would... Because I really thought that's what we're, like, leading mm-hmm. to. Um, but then they have that fun little moment where she, like, basically, you know, has the standoff with them, you know, in space. She flies up to the ship, stares them down, you know, and they retreat. You know, and there was a point, too, where she, like, lifts up her hands. I thought she was going to flick them off. <laughs> <laughs> It would fit. <laughs> it would have fit, right? Um, for Carol, especially mm. in the books. But um, yeah, I, I would have liked to see more of a battle between those two. I thought that's where we we're kind of like getting to. But then it just kind of ended, and the movie was over. And mm. you know, you know, and I don't know if the fact that they knew that we were going to get more of her story in Endgame hindered this story in a way like okay well we're gonna get more captain marvel in a couple months yeah you know knowing that this this is just a chapter in her story where it's not going to be like your normal sequel where you got to wait two years to see more of this character knowing that you know this is the mcu we get these movies you know you know three times a year sometimes and a lot of times these characters are crossing over so i don't know if that kind of you know dictates this kind of storytelling sometimes with you know the origin story um but it, it did feel like recently they've kind of gotten away with it you know getting away from it where like black panther you know and homecoming you know i, I felt like they did it the right way yes um you know I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, this was not Thor: Dark World, or no. you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, or Iron Man two or three. You know, I, I I did enjoy this movie. It just I could have enjoyed it a little more. I guess mm. you know. 
It was good. It just wasn't great. Now, if I can complain, I don't like all the fucking, um, what's it called? Um, explanations for everything in the MCU. Like, mm-hmm. when they explain how Nick Fury lost his eye because of the cat. Yes. Uh, they explain, like, they kind of give you, like, oh, this is an early version of the Quinjet. And... Uh... The name of the Avengers is because it was Avenger on her plane. and Yeah, I didn't need that. The I... Avenger thing I was okay with, but the eye thing I didn't need. Now, I mean, the eye thing is kind of a gag that goes throughout the comics, mm. too, where, like, Fury has, like, five different stories on how he loses his eye. And that's, that's fine. I w- I'd rather him tell me a fake story than give me... Yeah. My thing, too, with Fury, he feels like a completely different character than the Fury that we know. Like, I love Samuel L. Jackson, mm. and I love spending time with him in this movie, but he feels so different than who he is now, you know, in the MCU. And, I mean, yes, there's character growth and whatever. He's obviously gone through what, But he feels, I, I don't know, he feels like such a serious character, you know, in, like, the rest of the adventure mm. movies um, compared to this character who... You know, feels like he's straight from like an eighties, nineties, like buddy cop movie. Yeah, you could see this guy, like you know, be like literally, you know, being like Danny Glover or something like that. You know, in one of the movies, or even Mel Gibson's character. You know, so I, I just, I don't know. He felt too different. To well, me. would you want to see a Nick Fury solo film? I mean, with the de aging process that they have, <laughs> it's definitely possible if you have a younger like mm-hmm. Nick Fury. Because yeah, he's, been, he's been angling for it for a while. I'm sure he wants that money. Because <laughs> <laughs> even physically, right? Didn't it seem like... Everything about him. It right? felt like he was straight out of the fucking 90s. Like it his was... posture <laughs> seemed different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. That's amazing shit. That really is. I, w- I, I think a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie would be fantastic. You know, a Nick Fury mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. That would be great. Um, but I feel like this kind of takes away from that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed, like, I enjoyed the relationship. I did enjoy mm. the relationship. It just I loved felt all like the such a different. It just felt like such a different Nick Fury to me. Like, there's just like he, he was missing that gruff. You know, I don't know. It was, it, I don't know. It felt like a different character. <laughs> so I thought him and his relationship with Coulson, while it was only on screen for like this much, you know stayed true to what they've shown through like agents of shield and avengers and everything that they've had so far okay okay fine (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if we really got enough of the relationship though i was also expecting more colson so you know he's kind of in the beginning and then that's it um the scrolls also didn't feel like enough of a threat you know like they were able to take one out pretty easily in the very beginning like once they're on earth so, I mean, we get the reveal quickly, you know, who they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never felt like they were really the real threat in the movie. So I would have liked to also s- spend a little more time with um, Star Force. It's Star Force, right? Mm-hmm. Star Force. Um, just so that reveal of, you know, them being kind of the true villains would have resonated more. Yeah. You know, where maybe if we got like five extra minutes, you know, with the team and everything um, in the beginning of the movie. Um, so that payoff, that would pay off more, you know, in the middle of the movie when we figured everything out. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you were going to rate this movie, Christian. Um, I think 
three and th- three and three fourths star. <laughs> three and three fourths star. Three and three fourths star. So close to four yes. stars. I'm gonna go three and a half stars. Okay. Because I don't like math. Three and three fourths <laughs> stars. Um. You know what I am excited about is uh, the potential of Monica now. Yes. It's the perfect setup for that character mm. now. You know, Monica, you know, is introduced in this movie as the, you know, daughter of Marie mm-hmm. and everything like that. They set up this great relationship between, you know, Carol and, you know, that, like it's her surrogate family. I loved all that stuff. And just now that time wise, you could totally just introduce her. You know, it makes perfect sense for her to be on screen. They teased it, too, when she's choosing colors on the costume. Yes, absolutely. So, it's a great character, and I feel like, you know, she definitely deserves her due. You know, not only in the film, but in the comics. You know, she, I I want her to have her own solo Mm. book sooner than later. Oh, my idea for an opening scene. Oh, yes. um, She, you know, at the end of this film, again, spoilers for the third or 500th time that we said, uh, she's helping the scrolls find a new planet. Well, there's the snap, and you have them finally get a new home that they've settled in, and you see her have to watch half of them die pretty much in front of her face. And then she gets the She gets page. the page, yes. The page. Simple little shot. I do agree with you. It's going to be Hawkeye's family dying first. Yeah. But... What a fucking dark-ass <laughs> movie. <laughs> We're just watching people get dusted. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, good, not great. You know, once again, mm-hmm. good, not great. But, I mean, lots of potential. Potential. Lots of potential. So. All right, Damon, convention season is finally upon us. Are you going to see 2E2 this year? I think I'm going to try, but I feel like three-day passes might be sold out. You got to check out SeatGiant.com, man. SeatGiant.com? That's right. Get all your hottest tickets to all your major sporting events and concerts. Even conventions? Even conventions. Don't just buy tickets, Christian. Buy the experience. And right now, if you use the promo code NERDSHOW, you'll get additional savings. SeatGiant.com. All right, well, now we got to talk about some comics. All right, David, what do we got on the slate this week for comics? All right, Christian, to start off, we're going to be talking The Amazing Spider-Man number 17 by Nick Spencer. And this is actually uh, the start of the arc, uh, Hunted. So um, let's jump right into it. We've been teasing a huge Craven story since Amazing Spider-Man number one, and Hunted is here to deliver. Uh, uh, Craven and his minions have been kidnapping animal-themed characters for months, but they need one more to complete the collection, the spider. But what does Craven even want with all of them? Find out in The Hunted. So what does Craven want with all of them? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question, Christian. So I think, basically, he's trying to relive his past. Um, This is an older Craven. Um, He's been brought back to life. Um, You know... We basically, they're definitely paying homage to The Last Hunt and everything, strongly, um, you know, which is great. It's one of my favorite Spider-Man mm. stories of all time. 
Um, so that's actually the reason why I decided to read this book. Um, I have not been reading Spencer's run at all since like the original, the first arc. Um, but I thought this would be a good point to like jump in again. Yeah, so, you wouldn't have liked the second arc, but it was fun. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure I would have hated it. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought this would be a good start off, you know, starting point for me as a reader. Um, and it was. I, I was. I was actually pleasantly surprised by everything. Just the amount of you know, I don't know, callbacks to the last hunt and everything like that. There's a lot of mystery going on. Um, you know, we find out that you know Craven has collected all these animal themed characters, which has been going on throughout. Mm-hmm. I guess you know his run, um, Spencer's run on the book, but um, everything's coming to a head now. So we're getting you know Craven narrating the story. Um, talking about, you know, who he is as a man, you know, what he has to live for and how he's kind of in this like limbo, this dark place again, which is very much where he was at last hunt, um, you know, and how he just wants to be at peace, you know, um, but he feel I, it's almost like he wants the spider, Spider-Man, you know, to do it for him. And right away, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to try to push Spider-Man to his brink again, um, you know, to basically mm-hmm. put him out of his misery. Uh, I guess um, he had almost like a gauntlet with his, like, you know, his his offspring to see who, you know, was, you know, best fit to take over his mantle. Um so the story basically starts with, you know, Spider-Man, like, on the search for, I think it's Billy, the lizard son, um, and uh, Black Cat. Um, they've both been taken by Craven. so he's deathly ill, though. He's got the flu, or so he thinks. Um, so he's, like, basically trying to figure out where, you know, they are, or what's happened, um, and then, you know... He gets a lead, he follows it, and then he realizes that he is not really, it's not that he's sick, he's actually been poisoned. And then, you know, there's a pounding in his head, and then he recognizes the pounding from, you know, Craven's last hunt. And he knows, you know, you know what's about to happen. And sure enough, he's come face to face with someone who looks exactly like Craven, but younger, um, faster. Um, and, you know, we find out it's Craven's son mm-hmm. who's, you know, taking, who's taking over his mantle, who's doing Craven's, you know, dirty work. Um, Craven is, you know, we're seeing him throughout and he's, you know, he's at the mansion and he's got, you know, Black Cat and Billy and he's interacting, you know, with them and kind of, you know, dropping hints of what is to come and what, you know, this is all about, you know, and once again, you know, it's all about the spider. So, um, it's a nice setup. Um, the end of the story is Spider-Man waking up in his black costume, um, which was, you know, what he was wearing during the last hunt. And he's the middle of a park filled with all of these, you know, animal themed characters, you know, and they don't know what they're doing there. All of them have been drugged and they're all confused and they're all looking at Spider-Man, you know, and I think Scorpion starts to attack him and everything like that. And then all of a sudden these like, almost like Craven bots come out of nowhere. Um, and that's where the story kind of like stops. So um, it was a good first chapter of the book. I mean, I'm definitely intrigued to see where it leads to and what we're, you know, in store for, um, for that character Craven. I hated when they brought him back to life um, for a while. 
it was his like siblings, like mm-hmm. not his siblings. Well, no, it was he had a brother, um, who kind of took over his mantle, um, and then he um, you know, had some offspring that were taken over his mantle. There was a son, and then there was actually a daughter. Um, so I don't know which you know offspring this is. You know that you know I seemingly has you know beaten everyone out. You know for you know the the mantle of Craven. But, Do you think that they will officially kill off the original Craven at this point, then? I mean, I don't even know what that means at this point, <laughs> since I just wish they would have just honored that original story. I mean, it was such a great story. It's a character that I did not care about at all, um, you know, before that arc. Um, it was such a great, you know, swan song for him that I just hate that they kind of brought him back um, for really no reason whatsoever. You know, just for, I guess, nostalgia's sake. Um, you know, comics, that's what comics do. I mm. mean, but they just didn't have much for him. Like, it, 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 if it's a case like the Winter Soldier and Bucky, like that, you had the perfect arc for that, you know, fine. But, you know, if this led to maybe what this story potentially could be, that's fine. But this was five years ago that they brought him back, at, at least. So, um, I hope so. I hope they honor the character's legacy and you know let him go out you know swinging but who knows <laughs> who knows <laughs> so but i am i'm excited for the story so it, it pushed all the right buttons with me it's good to be back into spider-man yes exactly exactly <laughs> so uh next up we have avengers no road home number five the all-new weekly avenger event continues as the Scarlet Witch works to escape Nyx's prison of darkness, the Hulk takes on Hypnos, Lord of Sleep, in the realm of nightmares. How's the series been doing for you? Like, have you been enjoying it? I've been enjoying it to a point, but it's like, so last issue, we got pretty much um, Nyx's origin story. Yes, Nyx's origin story. And it is fucking identical to Hikate from Justice League Dark. Oh, okay. Is like I was like, oh, this is the exact same storyline. Like to the T where it was she's um Wasn't she though like somehow host like or like attached to a host or something like that though? Well no, no. She was created in darkness. Okay. Um fucking then gods came. Okay. And pretty much she was got to be treated as one of them. And they turned on her. She's outcasted. Okay. Exactly. And this is, I was like, this is the exact same fucking story. That's funny. But it's, it's, I like what they're doing with Marvel. Does she actually, does, and I don't know my mythology, obviously. Does hmm. Nyx actually exist in, like, I'm not sure. I know the name for sure, but I don't know. Okay. So I'm wondering if that's actually just, hmm. you know, mythology, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Greek mythology. So I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are very similar storylines, obviously. Mm. So, does she have kids, too? Uh, no. The children are different. Okay. You know. I I did enjoy the origin. Mm. Um, it was definitely a filler book, though. I wish they would have spread it out between the issues. You know, mm. give us little hints here and there. A couple panels. I don't. I didn't like the fact that it was just, that was the entire issue. Um, you know, because it kind of slowed down the story, obviously. So, I well, do- with this one, yeah, we pick right back up with action. Mm-hmm. Um, we get, um, I like the focus on taking out um, her kids and how, um, how uh, Scarlet Witch like 
finds a way to use her powers, even though she can't see. She's been blinded and everything. Mm. It was a good. It was a good hero moment for the entire series. Yes, yes, and it featured Monica mm. too, which I was a fan of. So. I love the line where it's like, "How like how human is Monica at this point?" Oh yeah, because she can like now basically leave her body, mm. which I think is weird though. The concept of it's a weird concept. Not thinking but... that that means she's not human, like. It's like you're losing your humanity, humanity in because the process. She's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just haven't seen that like element in the character, but I haven't been reading tons of books with Monica. Well, maybe it's something read, that um, they the can ultimates. explore as they go down. Because this yeah. is a story about darkness and about, you know. So, so you feel like it's going to come to play? Like, I, I would hope so. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, do, I, I love the Hulk in this. Mm-hmm. You know, her, him Fucking just... terrifying. Yes, right? <laughs> And then he ends up just snapping her his or uh, her son's neck, mm. you know, at the end of the book. You know, I thought that was fucking badass with the fucking grin on his face. I was like, Jesus Christ, um, I really need to pick up. The yeah, I have Hulk. no idea if that's how he is being in that book. I'm guessing. I mean, I I need to read that book. I really do. It was utterly so, brutal. Yes, yes, yes. And I love just you know kind of playing around in the night nightmare realm and everything mm-hmm. like that. I loved um. Kate Bishop being one of the characters that Hawkeye comes across, mm-hmm. you know, hypnosis using her to attack him. Do you think that those are real people or not? They are supposed to be. They're supposed to be people who are out, like, or unconscious, yes. sleeping. So I don't feel like what's happening to them is actually affecting okay. them in the real world. But you know, I feel like those are you know elements of the you know persons. They're you know unconscious selves. So I loved also, I liked the banter between um, Clint and Rocket. Mm. You know, I thought that was a lot of fun, you know, between those two characters. You no, know, it was funny. Um, Kate beating him in his sleep. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like Rocket um, referring to her as the real Hawkeye. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he actually says, he says, oh, shit, the real Hawkeye. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. Uh, so it's been fun. It's been a fun yes. book. You know, it definitely, I think it being weekly definitely helps the story. Mm. You know, if this was like monthly or even bi-weekly where you have to wait for the next chapter, um, you know, books like the last issue would be a little more unforgivable. Like, you know, how much it like just dragged the story to a halt. But since it's weekly, I don't know. Yeah, like, can, it's like, it's okay. You can move forward. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're not spending two months waiting for the story to continue. Yes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that happens a lot. So, I mean, and more power to Marvel for being able to turn out mm-hmm. these books like this. Like, you know, a weekly book, that's no joke. So, um, you know, I'm wondering how the process is, you know, to do this. If they just get, like, so many issues in the can or, you know. Well, that's I how mean, I picture it. I imagine they, like, they start writing this and they just have books after book done. Yeah, like, you handle this it. chapter, you handle this chapter, mm-hmm. and... You know, just everyone make sure you get, you know, your shit out on time. So, um, yeah, no, fun book. All right. So next we've got X-Force number four. Um, Ahab has returned to exterminate the X-Force. What twisted scheme is Ahab conducting that has attracted the attention of X-Force? The team has begun to put out piece of, to put. Can I punch him right there? Mm. The team has begun to put the pieces together, but will they figure it out in time to stop mass genocide? 
So this was obviously written before they knew what the story was really about, because Ahab isn't really, you know, I mean, he's featured in the story, mm. but he's not the main villain of the story, really. You know, um, you know, um, this was definitely a nice chapter for the character. Uh, but, you know, it's more about, you know, I can't even think of the generic country's name that <laughs> they have, but, you oh, know, it's more yeah. about the military leader and everything like that, you know, so... But those are solicitations. So. Even then, it felt like they were really building up Ahab in the beginning of this book, and then he still goes down by the end of it. I don't know if they're building up Ahab in the beginning, like because right Ahab was he was well he get, incarcerated, he breaks, right? Like it felt like he was so like I, I well, I'm like, in this issue alone. I'm talking about just like, oh. him beating um, Deathlock and then taking his technology, you know, getting the um, the tachyon. Uh, fucking thing that can allow him to see the future and get probabilities and everything. It made him seem like he was going to be an even bigger threat. And then he still... Gets taken out taken by out. generic military leader guy. Yeah, and some know. mechanized suit. Yeah, some random, you know, crazy fucking, mm. you know, cyber suit. Seems like a bit of a waste, I agree. And I feel like this this whole story hasn't done him any no. favors whatsoever. Um you know, especially with, you know, him being kind of the lead villain of, you know, Disassembled. So, it was... Like, I like what he did in the last issue where he, like, just... He's been secretly... I got the cure. It's just death for just his Just the fact that this, but... like, small country was able to, mm-hmm. like, capture him like this, you know, when the X-Men were struggling, you know, to deal with him and his hounds. But apparently they were able to handle him so easily. Mm-hmm. So I felt like there was going to be more to that story, but apparently not. Um, although I guess, and spoilers, at the end of the issue, Strife ends up showing up, and maybe he had something, you know, to do with that. Um, but I'm not sure. Um, this was the first issue where Cable didn't feel like Cable anymore, um, mm-hmm. and I felt like that was on purpose. I did enjoy that. It felt unhinged. He felt like, you know, definitely a younger version of the character. So, and not just like, you know, visually, I mean, he definitely felt like a teenager, which, I mean, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and seeing him interact with those other characters, especially Domino in this issue, I, I liked. Um, but it did feel like sudden, the ending of mm-hmm. the book and everything like that, how everything kind of concluded. Um, you know, I mean, this is only the fourth issue and it felt like it wrapped up fairly quickly. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't have a problem with that because I was ready to move on to the next chapter. You know, basically they were able to like, free all the mutant prisoners and basically, you know, overthrow, you know, now this, you know, the martial law that they were having, you know, in this country. So I don't know where that leaves the people. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a story that they're going to be telling in this book. No, they're going to be moving on rather quickly. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what this could you know, what could happen with these guys at this point? No, it the whole like world just gonna, gets them. Well, yeah, and it sounds like they're just going to leave them to fend for themselves. They literally say, they, they can handle themselves mm. in a fight. We saw what they can do, so <laughs> whatever. It moves the story along. I'm fine with that. So, but um, yeah, they go ahead, and it seems like they're interested in exploring where Rachel is, which we find out is like Cable's actual motivation behind everything and why mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know, hunting down Ahab. Um, which I thought was cool. I, w- I was glad that they didn't just forget about fucking Rachel, you know, because that was my big concern after, you know, disassembled. Are you guys going to do anything about, you know, 
Rachel, who's taken off and has been basically, you know, underneath Ahab's control again um, as one of his hounds. So I'm glad that there's some follow-up here and you've got Cable, you know, looking for his sister. So, um, but, you know, as soon as they realize that she could possibly be through this portal that, you know, um, Ahab has been using, uh, all of a sudden, out walks Strife. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, shit's about to hit the fan. Um, Warpath, um, gets stabbed, it looks like, through the heart here. Um, I hope to God they did not just kill off Warpath. I'd be so pissed off, especially in this fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, once, once again, it's just a very underutilized character that I feel like there's a lot of meat on the bone there to explore and, you know, just time and time again, writers do this, this character where they just kind of forget about him or, you know, write him off. So I'm hoping that that's not the case. Um, you know, Warpath's tough. He can survive this, right? <laughs> he's, been, he's been good in this book so far. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like he, they tend to like go ahead and, you know, he gets a book like this and then something happens where either he just gets written off the book mm. or, you know, something else happens like this. So, you know, I just, there's a lot of potential there for the character. I feel like Marvel never follows through. Mm -hmm. with him, so, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Warpath. So, um, but yeah, no, um, Cable is definitely terrified, though, when Strife comes through that portal. He looks actually, like, shooken by see, like seeing him. So we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. Um, apparently, we're going to get the origin of Kid Cable next. Yes. So. All right. What do we got next, Christian? Uh, we have the Punisher number nine. Uh, One Man War in Belasia? Sure. Uh, Frank's war in Bagalia, Bagalia, whatever, <laughs> uh, gets bloodier, but Zemo's not going down without a fight. Violence, chaos, punishment. We'd say it's criminal what we're going, we're what we're getting away with, but then Frank might come after us too. What a blurb. Uh, <laughs> we need to stop reading these things. <laughs> We both hate reading them. Yeah, we but need to stop fun. reading them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice because it sums up the book usually, mm -hmm. usually maybe fifty percent of the time. Yeah. Um, all right. So where we left off last issue, um, which we didn't talk about on the podcast, was this almost like Shawshank Redemption, you know, for Frank Castle. Him kind of rallying all the different prisoners um, and just, you know, breaking out of the prison. You know? Yeah, basically. Their, their huge scheme to get out of the prison. Um, it was it was, it was, was a good issue and everything like that. You know, it was very intricate, like, how he was going about this and everything. Um, but enjoyable at the same time. But this issue felt like we were back on track. Um, with what we were getting with those earlier issues of Punisher that I love so much. Because it did feel like it kind of, the book hit like a lull once, you know, Zemo, prison and everything. Yeah, Zemo got his hands on Frank. Um, it's been okay, but this was fun. You know, I mean, the battle, you know, in the courtyard between him and Taskmaster. Yes. Taskmaster is just everywhere. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's an amazing Spider-Man mm -hmm. right now, too. So... 
Um, but I love this version. And we saw him on, in Captain America also, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a fun character. Um, and, you know, the battle between him and Frank were great. Um, Taskmaster kind of fanboying over Frank. You know, I love that, you know, and him almost feeling regret over having to kill him. Um, but then, you know, the battle ending with the nun, you know, kidding him, you know, running him over with a truck was fun. So, um, I don't know. I really enjoyed this issue and I think it's a good setup to where we're going, you know, arc wise, you know, Frank gets out of the prison and now he's on the hunt for mm-hmm. Zemo. I love so. Zemo's reaction. Yes. Because he's just touting the whole time. Oh, I've won pretty much. Uh-huh. And yeah. Then... And then Jigsaw's sitting on the couch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then the butler comes and gives him the news and mm-hmm. he just shoots him right away. Um, yes, Zemo's definitely been like the star of this book too for me. Like he steals every scene that mm-hmm. he's in. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like we're back on track now. Um, this is this is Matthew Rosenberg. So I've been really enjoying his work lately. So, um, just if you like fun violence, this is it. Yes, really. absolutely. So, um, you know, and this, it's hard. I feel like. Marvel writers like really struggle with the Punisher at times. You know, I feel like you arcs like this are way too far and in between. Like you, you know, you it's he's very hit or miss as a character. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's nice to see him. You know, getting you know his just due. In a book like this, you know, I feel like this is going to be definitely one of those memorable arcs and, you know, Punisher just having a mission like this, you know, where he's just out for blood with Hydra. It just makes perfect sense, you know, so I would hate for this to even end at this point, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully he doesn't have, like, I hope he's not going to stop writing at like 13 or something. I don't know. I don't know. Marvel's been doing that lately. Mm -hmm. So just kind of like, you know, almost too like having books end like with artists you know and writers like okay well you know that was his final arc and now we're on to the next chapter and like just rebooting the book at like number one you know so i I feel like it's not even a cash grab anymore because i don't think anyone really falls for that but i don't know i don't know maybe it is they're getting better with it lately but the last like four or five years man I mean, the number of reboots we've gotten, it's just insane. So, brand new issue, number one, you know? It's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. come on, not really. And then they go back to the original numbering yes. eventually. You know, especially when there's like a milestone issue hitting, you know, I don't, whatever. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, if you're a Punisher fan, definitely pick this book up. All right, and that's going to do it for comics. That's it. Uh, and we got some wrestling to talk. Yes, Fast Lane. I'm Dan. And we're from the St. Paul Filmcast. And we talk movies. Yeah, we talk independent, local, classical, modern, and even new films. And where can they find us, Nick? Well, you guys can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also find us on Twitter at STPaulFilmcast. Hope you show up. Yeah, we hope so. Um, Once again, that's the St. Paul Filmcast. And now back to your regular scheduled programming. I always wanted to say that. asking for a handout. I'm not demanding a title match at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship title. Nah, man, look. 11 years ago, I was just a kid 
with a dream. And that dream has damn near come true. I provide a great life for my family. I get to travel the world doing what I love to do, entertaining the WWE universe. I love it. My life is blessed. I never complain about the people that you put ahead of me. I never complain about the time I spend away. I have never complained about the fact that you have never allowed someone like me to compete or contend for the WWE title. I have never complained, and I'm not gonna start complaining now. What I need from you right here, right now, face to face, man to man, is for you to tell me what I need to do so that I can do it. All right, David, another pay-per-view down. We're almost to WrestleMania. We're almost there, Christian. All <sighs> right. So this pay-per-view wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be? No. I, I felt like it was like an extended episode of like Raw or something. Yeah. Yeah, but like a, a better episode of yes. Raw. Maybe more of like an extended episode of SmackDown, if you will. Because <laughs> Raw <laughs> usually sucks. But anyway. Um, did you see the pre-show? No, unfortunately, I didn't see the pre-show. I got home super late, and I had to start the pay-per-view halfway through. Well, luckily, the Mysterio and Andrade match didn't take place, because that was like, I was going to watch it for that. But they kind of scrapped that. Um, They had R-Truth, I guess, going around backstage, like, petitioning to have a match with Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe actually, I guess, like, signed the petition and then challenged all three of them to a match so to my surprise in the middle of the pay-per-view there was a four-way match between those guys so i was very happy samoa joe what a good guy yeah right um (laughs) seems a little odd i don't know if they're trying to like you know paint him as just a complete badass which i'm happy about Mm -hmm. but um you know we definitely benefited from that so um but yeah no uh they had a the new day uh versus rusev and uh, Nakamura. Um, and the Dream they, Team. They, they, Yeah, they're not doing anything with them, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, they won by pinfall. So that's all I know about the match. I know that, you know, we'd have, you know, some interactions later on in the pay-per-view that kind of, you know, is due to this match. So, um, but yeah, no. Uh, let's move on to the pay-per-view. <laughs> so we didn't even have a, a 205 Live match, which I was surprised No, about, yeah. Right? I forgot about that. There's yeah. no cruiserweight match on this card. Yeah. So, all right. Whatever. <laughs> we don't watch them anyway. <laughs> We're lazy. Um, but, yeah. So, but starting off, we have the Usos versus Shane McMahon and The Miz. Christian, thoughts? Um, It was, it was a good match. Yeah. What'd you think? I was just waiting for the turn. Yeah, exactly. You know, I really didn't care about the match. I'm done <laughs> seeing Shane McMahon wrestle. Honestly, you know, um, people complain about spot monkeys, but that's all Shane is really. His offense in between his big spots are fucking. It's just awful. I can't watch the guy throw a punch anymore. Basically, I think the only thing I really got out of this was why didn't the dad take a spot? Do you think he just like disagreed in the back? He's like, I'm not going to take one. What do you mean? Like, he didn't get hit or hurt, really. He gets gets his face cracked. He might not have been, like, medically cleared. You know, so they're pretty safe about shit like that now. They won't let let, uh, Lawler do anything in the ring anymore after, you know, everything that happened. Thank God. You know, so... (laughs) Leave Lawler alone. Since he almost died after a match, they're they're not (laughs) clearing him. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they don't want anyone dying on national TV. Uh, But... 
Uh, he could take I, a slap. I, how about the fact that the dad, like, basically cost Miz the match? He's, like, the worst dad in the world. <laughs> he told him, like, Miz listened to his dad. You uh, know, told him, basically, go for the fucking high spot and it cost him the match. And before that, you know, hey, why aren't you more like Shane? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> worst dad yes. ever. So, mullet and all. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was what it was, I guess. Um, I was happy to see Shane you know, actually turn. Um, so the storyline wasn't as predictable, you know, as we thought. Like, we kind of knew Shane was going to turn, but I was scared that they're just going to go the safe route and keep, you know, Miz hit heel here. So. Now, David, what would you say was his reasoning on SmackDown? So, basically, because he was tired of people using him was his reasoning. You know, that he feels like he's been used, you know, you know, and he's not appreciated anymore. So, very, you know... Okay. Yes. All right, but sure. he had his trophy <laughs> out there, you know, with him. Um, I don't know, whatever, you know. Like I said, I'm over <laughs> this program. The only way I'm, the only reason I'm interested in this is because I'm curious to see if Miz can work as a face. Because last time he was a face, it was an absolute failure. Yes. So if they can figure out that balance for Miz where he can still be himself, his heel self, but still be face-like, you know, still get the, you know, the cheers, and you know, from the fans. So, because um, I feel like they don't really need to change much. Still have him be arrogant and cocky, but all you have to basically do is just have him stop insulting the fans so much, you know. Um, we'll I see. Know. I just hope he's not catering to the crowd all of a sudden, and, you know. Hopefully he's not going to be working with Ric Flair again. Because, I mean, are you? do you actually think that they'll put on a great match on at WrestleMania? No. I don't see a classic coming out of this. No. You know? And That's I don't not see to say this that, going past Mania. It's not to say that Miz can't work. It's more just like, I don't... Shane can't do this anymore. Like I said, I'm just... It's... He can fucking put on a great, like, high spot show. You know, but the thing is, it's all the in-between stuff. And I just don't care for that. I, I'm just, I, he and can't throw Miz a fucking punch. He can't kick. Miz can tell a story in the ring. You know, he's very Cena-like where, yeah, it's not necessarily the flashiest, you know, set of moves that he has. But I feel like he can put on a good story in the ring. So, um, but that's pretty much it. You know, when Miz is with, you know, someone like Ziggler or, you know, someone else of that caliber, yeah. he's very capable of putting on a good match. So um, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of people around them trying to book this match and, you know, put, make it as entertaining as possible. I mean, he's the, you know, owner's son. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And they want the match to matter, but I just don't care. I really don't. Probably, like, opening of the show, hopefully. I just hope this leads to bigger things, too, for the Miz. You know, I'd like to see an actual, like, run at the title as a face. So I'd prefer him as heel champion. I do. I, I think with Daniel Bryan, the way he is right now, yeah. I feel like I, it'd be nice to see this, like, almost twisted world where we've got a heel <laughs> Daniel Bryan versus face Miz. Mm. So I think that could be fun. This, like, bizarre world, you know. <laughs> You know, scenario. So, but anyway, enough of this match. Uh, next up, Jesus, Asuka versus Mandy Rose. And Asuka didn't fucking lose. Yes, that's the only thing 
good that came out of this match. (laughs) The whole spot with Mandy Rose basically, you know, tripping because of, you know, Sonya's, you know, ineptism. I don't know what she was, like, she was trying to find a weapon underneath the ring. Yeah. Like, oddly in the middle of the match, they kept on showing her. So I was like, okay, well, something's going to come out of this. And then sure enough, she leaves the apron on top of the, you know, ring. And then, you know, Mandy It barely trips. looks like Mandy even stepped on yes, it, Yes, yes. Like, she was looking for it with her foot almost. Uh-huh. You know, Mandy trips over it. And then, yeah, Asuka catches her with a fucking massive kick to the face. That was pretty awesome. Um, do you see the slow yes. motion? Yes, it was fantastic. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, and then that was the match. So, on SmackDown, it was basically role reversal. You know, uh, Sonya had a match with Asuka. Mandy ended up costing her the match by accidentally, accidentally, quote-unquote, tripping her. So, I have a feeling those two are going to be split up sooner than later. But I also have a bad feeling that it's going to end in a three-way match at WrestleMania between the three uh, for the title. (laughs) I just have a bad... And then Asuka's just kind of in the middle where it's not even really about the title anymore. I just feel like that's where this is leading. That's horrible. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) I didn't even think of that as a consequence. I was just thinking, oh, Mm -hmm. Vince just wants Mandy on his own, her own by now. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I just have a bad feeling that's where we're, we're headed right now. So, um, but there's also, uh, what's her fucking name? Lacey Evans. Yes. Right. She keeps that's on the big rumor. That's right? the big rumor. Um, so maybe something happens next week. She wasn't even on SmackDown this week, which is weird. Cause she's been walking out like during every show now, pretty much. Did she walk out during the pay-per-view? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. During Elias. Elias. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. That is something that isn't on here is that Elias came out like three times. Yes, he was basically hosting Fastlane. It was weird. Mm -hmm. Because I actually thought, you know, like, oh, is he going to end up being the host of WrestleMania? This is where we're going. Like, you know, but then on Raw, we got the announcement that Alexa Bliss is the host of WrestleMania. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I guess She announced herself. Yes, she announced herself. So basically means you're over, but we have nothing for you right now. So... Um, whatever, because we saw New Day host one year, right? Yes. Um, did the Miz host one year? I don't think so. Or no, maybe maybe I'm thinking the Rock hosted. Yeah, right. That's when, when the, the Miz hosted. and Cena had their match, whatever. amazing match. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but anyway, so okay, so moving on, we have the Bar versus Kofi Kingston. And how did we get here, Christian? Well, we had Kofi... So at the beginning of the show, pretty much, they have Kofi and New Day, you know, saying, hey, um, Vince wants you to come to the back. Because it was during pre-show, Yeah, right? it was during pre-show. Um, the New Day told Kofi, you know, Vince wants you to come to the back. The McMahon family want to talk to you. And then we get to this point, and it's been an hour, I guess, has passed. Mm-hmm. And he still hasn't been able to go into the room. So they just barge in, which, you know... Yeah, they the New Day, after their match, come across Kofi standing in mm. front of the McMahon's door, and he still hasn't seen them at that point. So, um, did you believe when he actually got in, into the room and Vince is sitting there, and Vince acts like he's been waiting for him, which was weird, um, that he Kofi was actually going to be put in the main event? At the time, I did. I was like, oh shit, they're going to just put this match out now. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that was their 
you know, hope that, you know, not only are they fucking with, you know, marks, you mm-hmm. know, but they're also fucking with smart marks who are like, like, oh no, you know, like us who are going to be like, oh, there goes that WrestleMania match. Exactly. There's no way they're going to put on this match, you know, two months in a row. So, um, you know, which is smart booking. If you look at it that way, it just feels so convoluted to go through all this shit, you know, sometimes simple's better, you know, less is more, if you will. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So basically you had Kofi believing that he was going to be in the main event, you know, the title match at least, but McMahon was like, oh, you're up next, you know, but New Day's barred from, you know, ringside. So you have Kofi go out there and then the bar's music hits. So, and it's announced right off the bat that, you know, Mm. it is a handicap match. Um, that match went on a little too long. The crowd started to turn. You know, on the yes. match, actually chanting boring, which I thought was a big mistake. They should have just had it over with. I mean, I know you want Kofi to look good, but I feel like there was a better way to do it. You know, because they could have had started... him just moving quickly. Yes, you know? it could have been. It it felt like a filler match all of a sudden. You know, it did go mm-hmm. on a little too long. You know, so you don't want Kofi to lose steam with the audience. You want them to be excited to see him. So, but you know. We found out on Raw, or on Raw, not Raw, Raw, sorry, on SmackDown, we found out that Kofi is going to go through a gauntlet this coming week to, you know, possibly, you know, face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. This was after a great segment in the ring between the New Day and McMahon. Um, All three New Day members did a great job on the just putting over the circumstances of everything, putting over Kofi. Kofi's been fantastic where he's not your typical, you know, like, I don't know. He's not spitting venom about the Mm -hmm. situation. He just looks heartbroken half the time. So, um, you know, when McMahon's out there in the ring saying, you know, he's just not worthy of this shot, you know. Um, you know, he's not a worthy contender and that he's, you know, they ended up using Daniel Bryan's, you know, term, you know, B plus player, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, Big E like was just fantastic on the mic. Um, uh, Xavier was great on the mic, you know, putting over Kofi, you know, saying we never, we, we do everything that you want us to do. You know, we're company guys. We are just over in India for you. You know, um, you know, we've never threatened to leave, you know, kind of playing with the whole, you know, once again, playing towards us smart marks who are like, you know, you know, know the whole revival situation or the rumored situation and everything, you know, with AEW, like, you know, in looming in the background and everything, just really playing that up. And then, you know, you have McMahon just basically saying that you know kofi will go in the hall of fame one day but be as a group which, which is harsh which is harsh but it was funny that they would admit that going in as a group is less than oh right after they announced the yes DX the dx right isn't yeah. that weird you know and maybe that's well people are talking this right now and that's a talking point mm. so maybe we'll just play with it a little you know <laughs> Um, you know, cause I was like, man, everyone who like, the, you know, Barry Windham, who's in as, you know, with the horseman, you know, I mean, do, do you cringe a little that like, you basically set up a tier system for your hall of fame, 
You know, which there is one. Mm. It's unspoken, but the fact that you basically confirmed it during a promo <laughs> was kind of shitty. Um, but it was effective, if you will. It's Vince. Yes. <laughs> he's old and crazy. Uh, but I love that Kofi finally got on the mic because he's sitting there just looking despondent the entire time during the entire segment. I was like, is Kofi going to even talk? He got on the mic and he was just on fire, you know, talking about how he, you know, how many, you know, birthdays um, he's missed for his family, you know, with his family because of, you know, the business, mm-hmm. how he's never gone trick-or-treating with his kids. Um, just, you know, talking about, like, you know, how he's sacrificed so much for this company and all he's asking is for this opportunity, um, you know. And it's not something that he's asking for them to, like, hand him. It's something that he's earned at this point. Um, it was just a really great, powerful segment. You know, that re- actually I felt like, you know, set even more fire to this whole like program that they've got going on. It was very well written. And that, that goes for all SmackDown this week. All the segments were fantastic, um, you know, mic wise. So um, just felt a lot more natural. Um, I don't know. You know I, it, once again, you know, we're right in the middle of WrestleMania season and everything just starts hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> we're getting these great promos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the handcuffs seem to be off. Um, I don't know why they can't do this, you know, all year long, year, right? Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, um, it just, I, it was a great segment. So, but you, yeah, you've got basically Kofi having to go through a, just a insane gauntlet of Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, The Bar. Is there someone else I'm missing? I feel like there's someone else in there. It is five people. It's, it's the last person. Who's the last person? I don't know. I'll think of it dirty. Yeah. We'll keep on talking about the paper, I'm sure. <laughs> Christian will get on the Google machine and find out. But yeah, there's one more person we're forgetting right now. So, but yeah, no, it's going to be daunting, um, but we'll see what happens. So it was a, it was a, it makes you want to watch SmackDown. Yes. So, all right. Anyway, on to the actual, uh, oh, so anyway, during the uh, bar match though, the New Day come out, you know, beaten and battered after their match. And then before they can hit the ring to save Kofi, um, Rusev and Nakamura actually, like, attack them. So there was actually some continuity and carryover from the pre-show, which I appreciated. You know, because sometimes they just act like the pre-show didn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, not that they're going to, I don't feel like they're going to do much with that at all. No. Um, but, if anything, it would be another pre-show match. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe we'll see. And it's Rowan. Yes. Yes. Um, but yes. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully he's... Do you think he'll be the last guy he faces? I would assume it? so. Okay. All right. Um, Video games tell me anything. He's he's the boss. You think he's the boss over Orton? Yeah. In this storyline? See, it, Because he's directly connected to It will to tell me who's going to win that match, if Kofi's going to actually prevail, if Orton's the last guy. Because if Orton's the last guy... AJ's going to interfere in that match. Mm. And then Kofi will go over. So, but if o- Orton's the first guy, I feel like that's not going to be the scenario. I, I was thinking... If you go by, like, you know, strength of wrestler, Rowan should definitely be the first guy he faces. I feel like. I'm assuming he would be last because he's directly attached to Brian. Mm. I can see that. In the story. I don't know. Okay. And we know the WWE writers are stupid too, so maybe they'll do that. 
I'm thinking it goes Orton then Raw at the end. You think at the end? Yes. Yeah. See, I don't know, man. I think Orton's the boss, but I get you. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next we have uh, The Revival uh, versus Black and Ricochet versus the Glorious Ones, Rude and Gable. Thoughts on the match? I really enjoyed the match overall. Yes, I agree. I agree. You know what I enjoyed, though, the most? It was a good match. I'm glad the Revival went mm-hmm. over. Because got no, they haven't been lately. Um, but I like the fact the Revival, like, attacked, you know, everyone afterwards. Um, you know, I thought that was... Well, good. at the pay-per-view, they didn't attack. It was... Uh... Oh, that's right. That's at Raw, where yes. they attack um, Alistair and... Right? Ricochet? At the end of the pay-per-view match, it's Alistair and... Um... Ricochet, like, um, are standing tall. They're sick because they take they out everyone. They all fight, yeah. They all fight. Okay. So that's right. I'm thinking of Raw. Because Raw, the Revival actually come out after Alistair and Ricochet win their match yes. and then attack them, which I enjoy because, okay, you're putting some fucking heat on the Revival now. Mm. They're not just having match after match and there's no storyline going on. So I was I was happy about that. Now, what do you want to see for Ricochet and um, Black at Mania? I would rather them go against the Usos, but this feels more like a storyline that they have in place mm-hmm. than what you know, logically it would make over. more sense. There was the rumor going around today that they might be going against the Usos. Mm-hmm. Um, they are facing War Machine. At the uh, NXT TakeOver match. Oh, for the Dusty Rhodes Classic? Is that the finish? Is that, I don't know if that's the finish. It's for the titles oh. um, at NXT TakeOver. So, um, you know, that's interesting. So I don't know if they're going to walk into Mania with those belts. Um, we'll see what happens. So, but be um, good representation. It would be good. It would be mm. good. But they're done with NXT. I feel like they're done with NXT, though, after, you know... You know, uh, take over basically yeah. Mania, yeah, yeah, and I hope they split them up. I don't want to see them continue as a tag. No, either. so, um, but that means they lose. So we'll see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we got Samoa Joe and the match that we we're talking about before that were was basically booked on the pre-show. Um, Samoa Joe versus Andrade versus Rey Mysterio versus R Truth in a fa- fatal four way. It felt very much like the previous match that they had. It took a while to heat up, and I felt like R-Truth kind of, I don't know, mucked up the works, if you will. Hmm. Um, he blew a couple spots here and there um, where I was kind of, I don't know, like I he's entertained me the last couple months, but I was like, I don't want to see him in this match. I wish this was a three-way. So... Um, I was very distracted by Zelina constantly staring at Carmelo on the side. Oh, really? Yeah. Was, <laughs> I, was like, what's, I know they're going to fight at some point, but what's happening Did here? she forget her cue or something? I don't know. They're just <laughs> She's just glaring at her. Um, it was okay, though. It was okay. So, um, it could have been more, though. I just, oh, fucking Carmella and R-Truth rapping at the beginning. Have they been doing that on the show? I don't think so. I've never seen them. I think come the out. announcers even commented on like that's the longest we've heard of that song. So I don't know if that was something that they were trying out on the fucking pay per view. <laughs> I don't know why you don't do that on like you know a SmackDown mm-hmm. or even a house show because it didn't work at all. No, you know, and it was way too long. So yeah, 
I think I'm officially over the R Truth program. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's move on. Because um, I mean, admit, if it was just Mysterio, Andre, and um, Samojo, Samojo yeah. in there, I mean, Jesus Christ. All right. So, but we got to have our haha, right? We got to have yes. our yeah. Have right. the entertainment. It's a variety show, people. Um, next up, what do we got, Christian? Uh, we have the Boston Hug Connection going up against Nia Jackson Tamina. This match didn't really do much for me. At all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's what you get out of a Nia Jackson Tamina match. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Although the name that they keep on uh, the team name, have you seen their team name that what they say it? on social media? The Samoa Slaughterhouse. Oh. I was like, I really wish you guys would have come up with that name because someone else better needs to have that. <laughs> I love that name. I was like, that's a fantastic name. Mm. WWE will never allow them to use that name, I feel like. But I, I was like, I can't imagine it. that. Too many words, too. <laughs> <laughs> We're PG, man. Uh, but yeah, no, I love that name. But yeah, no, I do not want to see them wrestle ever again. You know, I actually thought Tamina was doing a lot better in this match compared to comparatively to she just Nia didn't stand there and look confused the entire time because no. i feel like she stands <laughs> there and looks confused or surprised half the time mm-hmm. like she's got like two expressions that she works between like confused and surprised and that's it that's no. all she's got the whole match felt pretty like muted in general but yeah i i, I thought the ending was interesting with Beth phoenix yes. um yeah yeah, I Called felt it. like the... Uh, <laughs> did you call it? Yeah, remember I said, oh, Beth Phoenix might get involved, and they could have the Glamazon. Oh, against. there you go. That's What What are they called? The Divas of Doom. Yes. The Divas of Doom. Um, I I don't want to see her wrestle. I don't really... I don't know. I, it didn't do anything <laughs> for me. And, like, the crowd's reaction was so... Like, the whole thing, the crowd reaction to everything was just very muted, and I don't know if it's just, like, a product of now, like, how they're trying to pace the show. Like, they're not doing really those, like, bathroom breaks anymore mm-hmm. um, in between. And they're not doing a lot of, like, in-between segments either. Like, in the locker room or whatever. You know, these little, like, post-match interviews or whatever. They're really just trying to, you know, keep it flowing. Which is great. And I've appreciated it. But I think sometimes you're getting these, like, bigger profile matches getting this almost muted response because of that. You know, the crowd's just not, you know, ready yet. They've just come down from a bigger match. Um, I don't know. I, I So do you feel like this is going to lead to, like, a three-way... It felt match? like a triple threat setup. One Raw, it was absolutely a, a, a setup for a, like triple threat match at least i'm hoping that they throw in an nxt team in here too um just so it's more interesting Mm -hmm. for me (laughs) because i don't really want to see this i just don't want to see you know nia jackson tamina get another title shot now i'm also wondering if the iconics get involved because thinking about on smackdown the iconics keep on calling out Mm -hmm. um you know, uh, the Boston Hug connection. Did you come a five-pack challenge? Oh, God, no. I hope, it, if anything, if they end up doing that, they then they don't have the NXT team come up yet, and they just, you know, have the Iconics involved in the match. Um, but well, what's going to drive me nuts is that they're going to do it as a tag match style, and it's only going to be two people in the ring, and you just tag whoever. I hate that, by the I way. I hate that fucking That didn't match. always used to be a fucking rule. That's like a recent thing, I feel like. That didn't used to be a thing where you could just tag anyone, because it's just ludicrous to me. You should just only be able to tag your partner, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I guess 
I guess logistically. <laughs> you know, or like, just go tornado style with it. I just, I don't know, man. But I feel like that still works. If you have four, or let's say three people in the ring, and then you just have three people on the outside, and only the three people on the in can't, or that are tagged in, can get the pin. And you could do, you could also do a gauntlet style if you really wanted to. I guess, but, you know. There's, there's no going to be a lot of multi-man work. matches at Mania. I guess so. It just feels that way this year. So I feel like they just, I don't know, they've got too many storylines going on and they don't know what to do mm-hmm. with them. And they always want to feature. Well, they have too many stars stars yeah. that they can use. I yes. put quotations around yeah. that for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, man. All right. What, what do we got next here? Um, next, we have Daniel Bryan versus Co- um, Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali appeared Were as you the third man. Surprised by the placement of this match on the card? Um, not really. I thought you know as soon as they that opening where they showed um, the Shield reunite, I'm like, oh my god, they're the main event now. See, I didn't see the opening. I don't think. I think I. I was doing something else when the opening's on, so I didn't realize that that's how it it's. Opens, it so. literally it's like the story of Roman, and then it gets into everything else. Uh, so, all right, well, this was you know the second to last match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mustafa Ali was just like surprised announced. I was surprised that they kept it. You know, yeah, I thought it was going to just go down to a, a triple singles. threat match. Yeah. Um, it does Mustafa Ali no favors whatsoever because the crowd automatically booed when he came out just because you know mm-hmm. he's not Kofi um, and I think that's on purpose I think they're just trying to kind of rework that Daniel Bryan magic you know like you know okay where they were legitimately screwing over Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. at a certain point <laughs> you know um, so they I think they're trying to work that um, luckily enough Mustafa Ali is talented enough where he won them back well over. all three guys yes absolutely absolutely um, but yeah, it was a good match. Though. I enjoyed the match. No, I, I thought mean, I for me it was my match of the night. I I enjoyed all of them, everything that was happening. Oh, I'm sorry. And this was in second to last match. I forgot about the Becky and Charlotte match. Yes, was actually I thought was going to be on last. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, it was a good match. It really with that the the finish was fantastic though. The way that Brian hit his fucking knee. I thought that it looked like mm-hmm. a car crash, you know. Um, I was like, "Oh God!" He well, that's how the—that's how I want those types of collisions to look like. When they did, um, it was Shane and um, the USO, yeah. jumping off. And it looks so telegraphed. Yes, yes. Like, eh. I just don't need to see Shane jumping off things over and over again mm-hmm. anymore. I'm just—he's been overexposed at this point. I will say this pay per view in general had way too many high spots. Oh, okay, in general, that's interesting. I felt like every single, even the revival, was jumping off the top rope in this pay per view. Now, okay, I'm gonna play devil's advocate though. I mean, you see that on a New Japan like show with people jumping. Off. I mean, that happens. But did you feel like it felt almost unnatural for WWE's? Like, you I don't know? know. It didn't. There wasn't enough Wrestling spacers in the matches, like where they're doing a lot of groundwork or anything like that. It was all high octane all the time. That's the, how I felt. Did you feel Especially like the with spots these multi-man didn't matches. mean anything exactly. within the match? Where there were just spots for spots sake, mm-hmm. just trying to pop the crowd, and there was no psychology behind it. It but, was the first time where I felt that way, and especially during a pay-per-view, I was like, every match seemed to be very like because as much you know, 
shit that some of the wrestlers from New Japan and just from, you know, you know, ROH and the indie scene in general get, you know, I feel like people aren't watching the last like three or four years where I feel like there has been, especially in that caliber of like New Japan and ROH, there is a psychology now, you know, mm-hmm. being put in place. Yes, they still have those spot matches, but there is a certain amount of psychology going, especially New Japan, you know, where people are selling stuff after the fact. You have those giant spots in there, but yes, they sell after the fact, and it leads to something storyline-wise or story-wise within the match. So, um, you know, I, I can get on board with that, where I could see, um, you know, and I think, sh- like, you know, having a match with, like, Shane in it right away, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't help things, you know, with, you know, just, all he is is spots. So I'll stop shitting on Shane now. <laughs> <laughs> Just so over him taking up so much mm. time. Um, but anyway, so, but good match. Um, predictable ending. We knew Daniel Bryan was going to end up walking into Mania with the title. Yes. I feel like, but it was fine. I don't know where this basically, you know, leads Kevin Owens. Um, Fortunately, I'm afraid that they're going to again make it a multi-man match. I hope not. You know, not after this match was a multi-man match. I feel like mm-hmm. it's going to be a one-on-one. I hope, you know, because they don't like to have that kind of, like repeats like that. Like, do you think you it'll know, be paper, especially Mania? Do you think it'll be a number one contenders match on television, or maybe like at the pay per view they do a whoever wins this match then goes on to fight for the championship? Kind of similar. What pay per view? At yeah. Mania. Oh, kind of similar to the Daniel Bryan yeah. situation in New Orleans when he won the belt. Maybe. Maybe he has to go through Owens or something like that. Like McMahon still putting obstacles in front of him. I could see that. Like That's a possibility. Um, so, I, I mean, I just hope so for something for Owens' sake. You know, I feel like he needs something. You know, unless, you know, the Usos, if you've got Black and Ricochet going against you know, the Revival, and the Usos are looking for an opponent, you have, like, maybe Sami Zayn, you know, come out, you know, before Mania. And That'd be an interesting way Owens and Zayn, you know, against the Usos or something. Just so they have something to fucking yeah. do. But then, right away, I start thinking the Hardy Boys are back together. So I feel like that match with for the I'm Usos, are gonna, that's going to be a multi-team match. <laughs> I really feel like half the card is going to be multi. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's just going to, you're just going to have these fucking giant clusterfuck matches. Add it to your drink games every time there's a multi-man oh, match. Oh, my God. All right. So what do we have next? We have, well, oh, Becky and Charlotte, yes. which I almost forgot about because it was kind of forgettable. <laughs> right? Um, talk about convoluted storylines. So you have, I was enjoying the match till about. It was okay. You know. I'm done be- with Becky in the leg. You know? Yes, I'm just over it. I just want to see it 100. percent You know, it's not a legitimate injury. I'm all for people selling, but like, it's just too much. Um, you know, I know what they're capable of, and I was just waiting for. You know, I think we kind of talked about it last episode when we're doing the preview. Like Ronda's interfering in this yes. match somehow. So. Um, you know, and sure enough, you know, Charlotte has her in the figure eight and, you know, Rhonda comes out and punches Becky in the throat. <laughs> um, how do you feel about the way they're booking Rhonda? I wish there was more of an attack there or something. After the fact? Yeah. Cause it felt like 
she hit her and then like brooded in the corner, right? Didn't she just kind of like stare in the corner and then walked off? Well, she just it felt like she immediately walked off. That, Wait, that's did what she? I remember. I feel like there's and a she shot of her happy like, staring and then you know. And then Becky's kind of smiling because she knows what it means. Mm. And know, as this new Charlotte heel is, character, I just... Eh, I don't know. It's weird that you've got, like, Charlotte as a heel. Mm. Rhonda as a heel now. And she's straight up a heel. Um, and then, yeah, versus Becky in this match. So it's just like... I don't know. With, like, two heels versus, you know, a face. It always feels a little overbalanced, you know, where you're just going to... I don't know. Something about it just always bothers me when you have that. It, like it was the same thing with the Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan match, you know, back to that WrestleMania where you had Batista and Orton, you know, versus Daniel Bryan. Where it was like, okay, well, it's almost like a handicap match because they're gonna end up just like teaming up on him half the fucking time. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't. What about all of the kayfabe breaking on Ronda's part, where she keeps on, you know, calling out the business? Well, I do think that's. Do you see the raw? Where she said, you know, this is all basically like saying the carny, like calling it carny yes. BS and all this. Which stuff. I think her this week's Raw promo was a little better than the previous one, though. I didn't mind her last week Raw promo. But it, she's like speed going through it. Like, I need her to slow down and own it and be more of a She character. does kind of like fire through yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's like when I'm trying to do a presentation in front of class. You know, it's I'm just getting through it as fast try- as possible. <laughs> I, but I did believe the words she was saying, though. Yes. You know, I will say, like, it wasn't like she was just reading lines, you know? That fire was there, but yeah. That's she, why I like this week better. She needs to learn to breathe yes. in between sentences, because she does not breathe in between sentences. Um, yeah, yeah, this week she definitely breathed a little more. I did... L- I liked everything except for that, you know, breaking the fourth wall and kind of, you know... But I think it's just for... I think they're, yeah, they're angling it towards smarts and shit like that. I just don't, I don't know. I don't think it adds anything to it. Like, we're not thinking that, oh my gosh, you know, she's ruining the business. Because WWE's doing that plenty on their own. They don't need help. (laughs) I just wish it was more on, it would be more believable. Because it becomes an automatic angle when I see it on camera on WWE. Where I think for a while she was actually kind of working fans. Um, with her initial comment when they were kind of Becky and her were having that back and forth you know, on Twitter um, I think fans were getting really wrapped up in that you know and I think you know people some people were like actually thinking it was real mm. you know which I think was really smart on WWE's part you know it was just a different way of booking a match and getting heat well, but then when you do yeah. it in front of the cameras it automatically becomes part of the story. They have to triple down on what they see as successful. That's what they do. Yeah, and I think they overset, they overdo it. Mm. Then, you know, I think it's unfortunate. You could have her be a heel on camera and not necessarily break kayfabe. You don't need that aspect. Because it really, it's going over like casual fans' heads, you know. And then it's not really resonating with us because we know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, that it's a work. It's not, you know, they're not, they'll just cut the camera or they'll, you know, find her or whatever, you know, um, you know, cut her mic. So it just, I don't know. It does nothing. I feel like it doesn't do anything for anyone. So I wasn't sold on Dana Brooke coming out to defend the company. That was the best fucking promo work she's ever done. (laughs) I will give her that. And Rhonda's fucking cake was stiff as all hell when she just fucking kicked Mm -hmm. her. I was like, Oh shit. That looked like it actually hurt. 
Um, but yeah, I was like, that's the only person who's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of anyone, it would be Sasha or Bailey. Yeah, you know. but you're not going to have Ronda just beat the shit out of them. I mean, it, that would just kill those tag titles right then and there. You know, and you want to keep her heated up. So I get why they didn't do it. I just, mm-hmm. I almost wish they would have let her walk away at that point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just too much. Once again, keep it fucking simple, stupid. Just, you know, you don't have to. The storyline <laughs> has been so insane, you know, between the three. Like, just, I mean, you hearken back to the, you know, late 90s, which I always do. But like how they booked Stone Cold. It was so fucking simple. <laughs> You know, it wasn't all this weird twists and turns and, you know, I don't know, man. It's just too fucking much. Becky, once again, back to SmackDown. I can't praise the show enough. Becky kind of made fun of everything that has been going on. Like, she went through everything that's happened to get her back into, like, the Mania match. How she won the Rumble and then was out of the So it was actually pretty funny. It was a good Mm. promo on her part, too. She felt more like herself in it. Um, You know, I... It, it was probably one of her better promos in the last month. So, um, if you have not watched SmackDown, go back and, and watch SmackDown at this point. So, it'll actually get you excited for Mania. The problem is that there's three more weeks of episodes. Four? Is it four more weeks? Is it three or four? I think it might be four. Okay, yeah. well, either well, way. Well, they got plenty of time to shoot themselves in the foot, and they will. <laughs> <laughs> Just how badly they'll do it. You know, will they be able to save the foot? You know, pretty much. So, um, next up, The Shield uh, versus Corbin, McIntyre, and Lashley. Shouldn't have been the main event. No. I get why it was. Mm. And I enjoyed their enthusiasm. But (laughs) nothing came out of it at all. So, it felt like a glorified Raw match. It felt like this could have happened on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was kind of lackluster. So it was and nice to see Roman back in the ring. But that it's nice it to see everyone me. behind him. It scares me. What that they're going to immediately push it to the moon. Roman and make the whole story about Roman again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> right after Mania. Right after Mania, they're going to give Seth his moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right after Mania, absolutely. Well, that's why I buy Seth losing to Brock and Roman, Roman somehow out. gets himself into the match yes. at Mania? Yes. Why not? How is he going to get himself into the match? Like, Heyman's going to, like, say, go ahead, you know, take him. Like, he's going to be basically Mr. Fuji. Yes. Are we talking exactly. about? Was it WrestleMania 9 or 8? I think it was 9. I um, totally picture that. Oh, God. Brock just saying, come on, bring it on. And then Roman walks away with the title. Yes. Basically doing what Seth did to him. That's you know, a way to look at it, but he, he doesn't, doesn't have insert the money to himself make. into it. But yeah. <laughs> he isn't cheating his way to win. I fucking <laughs> hope not, man. I really hope not. It's not I I don't think that's gonna happen because whenever I say anything's gonna happen with Roman Reigns, it definitely doesn't happen. Yeah. But Big Man likes to do the opposite. <laughs> but that's why we're where we're at, you know, before mm-hmm. everything that happened with Reigns, where it's like, okay, you're just, you're not doing this guy any favors. All you're doing is hurting, like, you know, people's view of him because he can't win the big one, obviously. He fought Lesnar in how many matches? I don't, do you think it's a way to, get, like, to solidify getting him over is that you have, you know, 
white hot Seth getting brutalized, and then everyone's upset, and they really want Brock Lesnar and to lose the to title. Like, you go to Saudi Arabia, and then because that's what's happening after Mania <laughs> is Saudi Arabia. So wait, it's not it's not even like backlash first; it goes straight to Saudi I don't Arabia. Know. It's gonna yeah, it might be backlash, and then, and then Saudi like a Arabia. week later or two weeks later, it's Saudi Arabia. Maybe I don't know. <sighs> I hope not, man. Anyway. <laughs> So on Raw. Immediate unsubscribe. On Raw. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that they're like frothing at the mouth right now that the crowd is all behind Roman. You know, like, let's book it. Let's book it. You know, book that dream match now. Let's get that dream scenario out of Roman. You know, as sick as that kind of is, I'm sure that they're kind of thinking of ways to exploit everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. You know, McMahon is a carny. Ronda is right. <laughs> um, but I will, once again, I'm going to give this week's show's credits. Raw was much better than the last couple weeks. Um, I loved everything that they did, except for the opening segment, um, with the whole, like, with Seth and Roman and Dean. So the opening segment made no sense. It was, like, basically their farewell address, but... It felt like they were there without any kind of script whatsoever. You know, they're just kind of talking to talk. And they're like, okay, well, we all have our own business to do. See ya. And they just walked (laughs) out of the ring. (laughs) Uh, You had Seth stay in the ring, you know, talk some shit about his WrestleMania match. Shelton Benjamin showed up, which was intriguing. But then lost to Seth in the ring, which I get why. But, you know, he was supposed to be kind of like a Heyman guy, and he's a Lesnar guy. They kind of talked about his history with, you know, Brock and everything. Sure. Um, you had a match between, it was supposed to be Baron Corbin versus Roman. Um, Corbin's been kind of talking shit backstage the last couple of weeks. And then, um, you know, they're supposed to actually have a match. But then, out of nowhere, McIntyre basically takes him out. You know, beats the shit out of him, jumps him. Um, they kind of work a concussion angle and everything. Seth has to like get in the back and everything. Ambrose meets him in the back and you know right away is you know you know incensed and wants to you know fight McIntyre. Runs into Triple H. Triple H grants him the match, um, and you have Drew and um, Dean have a great you know false count anywhere mm-hmm. fucking street fight. Um, to close the show out. But you had Drew going over strong. Um, just like beating him to death. And I, I really... I know it won't be, but I really hope like this is the final chapter of Dean Ambrose. Because this is a great way for him to go out. You know, putting over another wrestler this strong and everything. But it was a nice chapter. Like final chapter for that character in the company. Um, just storyline wise. You know, like for, with the shield and everything like that. You know, standing up for his like, you know... Uh, partners and everything and you know you know fighting for their honor it, it was a nice moment and everything he'll be back next week yes oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely i was like i wish they would just like end it right here be perfect um but yeah they'll have them do some silly shit on media or something they'll just bury him <laughs> character wise we can pretend it was the end yes yes that's what i'll do i'll just close my eyes every time he's out there <laughs> So, but yeah, no, um, very great, just a very nice segment and everything like that. Good match. And I mean, it really does a great job of setting up McIntyre as a monster again. Um, you know, 
it's definitely microwave booking, if you will, where like we've got to reheat the sky. You know, we've had them doing nothing yeah. the last couple months and just being in just mid card limbo, hanging out with Corbin and Lashley. Um, so it was, it was, it was a nice reminder of what a fucking monster he can be. You know, the way he took out Roman and the way that he took out Dean. He hits the um, Claymore kick while Dean's like hanging between the railings and like. It looks like he's going to take off his fucking head, you know, and the, the railing actually comes unscrewed, you know, with Dean mm-hmm. and everything. It was, it was well done. So, um, we're definitely going to get a McIntyre versus Reigns match at Mania. Um, now that being said, they're very high on McIntyre. Is there any possible scenario where you see McIntyre actually winning that match? Not unless he cheats. But if you go back to what you just were talking about with Roman inserting himself into that match somehow at Mania, which would just be fucking hilarious because <laughs> we posted a meme talking exactly that. Um, it it almost basically parallels everything that happened with Seth at Mania when he cashed in at Money in the Bank. He lost, yes. He lost to Orton. <laughs> It makes sense to have McIntyre continue to go over. Yes. Yes. Because then you have a great monster for whoever has that title. You know, whether it be Seth or Roman. (laughs) You know, and if he does beat Reigns and then Reigns wins that belt, and this is total speculation, fantasy booking, but then Drew automatically has a claim. I, I beat you that night. Mm. I was better than you that night. I feel like he would be next in line even if Seth won. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm. I feel like I, I feel like the next program, you know, the next challenger for that belt is going to be Drew. So. Unless Brock, you know, retains the title. So. it. I mean, I feel like he's going to, especially if they're going to Saudi Arabia again. <laughs> now that you've mentioned it. Uh, did you see the Triple H Batista segment? I was lucky enough to skip it. Yeah, it was awful. It was <laughs> horrible. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know if they just decided to let those guys, you know, go without a script. You know, uh, Triple H did everything he could to save the segment, it felt like, but Batista felt lost out there. Have you seen the Spice Girls meme? Yes, I around? have. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what I want. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> What I really, really want. <laughs> he said it like 20 times. Oh, Lord. It was horrible. And like all Triple H segments, it went on like five minutes too long. Um, he did have a nice like line in there where he's talking about the security guards. Did you see that? No. Okay. He calls them the uh, guardians of the oh, independence. Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> yes. It's also funny that he comes out to his normal song, which is I Walk Alone. And he has three bodyguards. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, it was more than three. It was a whole oh. fucking army. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, this is doing nothing for me. It started so hot with that fucking, you know, whole mm. flare birthday party. You know, the way they introduced everything. Though the last two weeks have just been a dud. It really has been. And I really don't want to see this match at all. So, um, I don't know. They're going to have to have a lot of, like, I don't know, a lot of. I don't know, Gaga in there to really spice up this match, you know, hence like kind of like the Triple H uh, Sting match from back in the day, you know, or like four years ago, back yeah. in the day. Um, 
you know. God, Sting should have still went over. Oh, it makes no sense, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no sense. Fucking Triple H. That's, well, that Triple H and McMahon, I feel Mm. like, you know, still fucking holding a grudge against WCW. (laughs) Oh, what a sick bastard. Uh, We had Angle announcing that his last match is going to be at WrestleMania. Bitter, bittersweet. Thank you. God, because I don't want to <laughs> see him get buried anymore. I hope that he's able to put on a fucking like high caliber match, um, you know, just to go on on because like just the last year is just something that I could just I would love to just be mind swiped of and not think of again when mm-hmm. I think of you know Kurt Angle. I don't think about it. Um, so good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watch this shit though. So, <laughs> um. Who would you like to see as his opponent at Mania? I think the easy answer is Cena, of course. Yes, that and that's bit, you know been heavily rumored. Mm-hmm. I feel like it makes most sense storyline wise. Cena knows how to job. Yes, yeah, he can do it. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll job. I think Angle's very much a traditionalist in the sense that he want to go out on his back. So it almost makes me feel like he would go against another face, like a younger face, to mm-hmm. kind of put him over. Um, but I could, it, it just feels like the right thing to do to have him go against Cena at the same time. You know, you have Cena maybe come back at Raw, you know, and like, you know, start doing his spiel and also Angle's music hits and then Angle basically a reverse of roles from, you know, how many years ago slaps him in the face, you know, from the whole ruthless aggression segment that he did to get, you know, Cena on the map. Mm-hmm. And then you have him challenging them, at, you know, for the match at Mania. So I feel like that'd be the perfect send off for Angle. So, um, but like I said, I could see him putting over someone you know younger. I just don't want it to be fucking Baron Corbin. Please God. <laughs> what? No more. How about Samoa Joe? You have him go over after the U.S. title. That'd be a good fit. You know, he shows up on SmackDown, challenges Joe. Um, you know, I don't know, because once again, I feel like that's going to be a multi-man match for that U.S. Mm. title, if it even makes it on the show, if it's not a pre-show match. Um, you know, I mean, maybe if it is, they've, you know, it's a way of them, like, kind of hiding Angle if he's limited, because it does feel like he's kind of limited right now, you know, physically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you throw in Mysterio, you throw in someone else, you know, give him a nice send-off. Um, but I do want to see, like, if he's capable of doing it, I'd love to see him in at least, like, a 15-20 minute match, you know, to say goodbye with, you know, one-on-one, so. But Joe would be great. Mm-hmm. Joe would be great. He has a lot of history working with Joe from TNA, so they know each other really well. I just can't, I mean, I'm like, I was trying to think of maybe, like, an NXT talent, but I can't think of one that would be good to go up against him. Yeah. And... and it's difficult with NXT because you have them wrestling the night before, mm-hmm. so. You know, they would have to be off the card then. And right now, you know, with Ciampa being out, they're kind of limited. So, I don't know. But, I mean, I know, an awesome career by Kurt Angle. You know, sad to see him go. I just wish the last two years didn't happen. <laughs> so, oh well. <laughs> just pretend they just wish he retired before he went into the Hall of Fame. Oh, man. Anyway. 
Well, that's going to do it for wrestling. Yes. So, but before we go, we got some shout outs of some podcasts that you should be listening to. Uh, first up, we have Mouse and Weens. Uh, two sisters, one single in Hollywood, one real housewife. Tells a story of life, love, and pubic hair. Go ahead and check them out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Next up, we have Mr. Whiskers Clubhouse. Uh, Mr. Whiskers Clubhouse is a very vulgar, seriously, we're fucking vulgar, weekly podcast in which the host, Justin Kyle, bullshits with guests, um, and discussions could go anywhere. Comic books, movies, music, and even Justin's cat, Mr. Whiskers. Uh, This show is literally about anything and everything. Fun listen, check them out. Uh, next up, we have Bumping Ugly, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about sex, love, and life. Um, awesome podcast. Go ahead and check them out. Last but not least, Kind of Nerdy Girls podcast. Just some kind of nerdy girls keeping up with kind of nerdy news. Listen and laugh where you go to get your podcast. All right, Damon, but also go to dramacityproductions.com to hear us and all of our stable mates. Uh, that's where you can check us out, dramacityproductions.com. Make sure you write it down right now or just type it into your Well, wait. <laughs> We're waiting right now. I don't hear clicking. Um, but beyond that, you're probably listening to us on your favorite platform already. Make sure that you're subscribing, rating us there, or find us on any other platform that you love to be on. That's right. Make sure you leave us a review too. Exactly. Live off those reviews, people. So drop us one, goddammit. Um, and if you enjoy it so much, why don't you get it on a fucking t shirt? We are on t shirts, damn it. Get your nerd swag going. Go ahead, head over to T Public and pick up one of our many t shirts featured over there. Um, and you know what? It'll help support the show. You might even see me in one in C2E2. Yeah, be on the lookout for Christian. He will be there walking around you know if you enjoy the podcast go ahead let them know about it if you don't enjoy the podcast leave them the fuck alone (laughs) (laughs) and go screw yourself so but yeah no go ahead you know um you know let yeah i'll be there saturday so um you know and maybe he could sell you a shirt or something so uh If you're not, if you don't have tickets for C2E2, you can get them on where, Damon? You can go ahead and get some tickets over at SeatGiant.com. Uh, get more bang for your buck, and go ahead and type in that promo code you heard us talk about earlier on, Nerd Show. Yes. And get additional savings. I know I did. Damn straight. All right. Well, beyond that, you're listening to our um, house DJ. Greg Brebner. You can find him on Instagram and you can find him on SoundCloud. That's right. And uh, if you enjoyed our intro music, that was Them Guilty Aces. Um, if you live in the Chicagoland area, come and check out a show. They're an awesome rockabilly band. They've got tons of music over on iTunes and some videos over on YouTube. Alright, Damon. I think that's about it. Yeah, man. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. We've got... We've got a long couple of months uh, yes. to prepare for, so a lot of fucking shit about to drop. So I need to go to sleep. <laughs> well, stay tuned for all of that. My name's Christian. And my name's David. That's the Amazing Nerd Show. This has been a Drama City production. Give me what I want! Is that what you want? Give me what I want!
Is that what you want? Really, really want. I wanna, 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 I w